This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you. Michael Remus still enjoying a couple days away with the new addition to the family. But I can tell you the gang is all here today because we have a huge hockey game tonight at Canada Life Center. A battle for first place in the Central Division as the Jets come in two points back of the Dallas Stars in first place. And they'll drop the puck tonight at 7 p.m. at Canada Life Center. And we will be all over this game. We'll hear from Coach Rick Bonus in his pregame comments. Finally getting a chance to play his former team after unfortunately missing the first game of the year between these two clubs, which happened in Dallas a few weeks ago. A big win for the Dallas Stars and one of the maybe poorer performances of the Jets so far this season. Uh, but Bones is back on the bench. And the Dallas Stars are here with their new coach, Peter DeBoer. It should be a great one. Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press will join us for an extended conversation a little bit later on in the program. We'll also touch on a couple of real interesting articles that Mike's had. Um, we'll get into attendance right now, maybe a little bit. But, you know, the piece that's in today's Free Press on the Jets' commitment to each other and building this new culture that they're trying to move on from the last few years and it's a really interesting read about how they came together with the um, uh, the uh, the model, the pledge to each other uh, that's written. It's signed by all the t all the members of the club, and obviously, so far, so good with um, a really new and improved atmosphere around the Winnipeg Jets. And hey, winning some games doesn't hurt as well. I mean, you've got the hottest goaltender in the National Hockey League, and Connor Hellebuck playing the way he is right now. And now it's an opportunity to uh, see if the Winnipeg Jets can measure up against the Dallas Stars, who've been one of the best teams in hockey this year. A battle for first place downtown at Canada Life Center today. There's also the first of the back-to-back -back games in the Western Hockey League between the 15-1 Winnipeg Ice and the 15-0 Red Deer Rebels. Um, Ice have a great deal right now. If you use the promo code EAST when you're getting your tickets for tonight's game, You'll also get tickets for tomorrow's game at no extra charge. And Brian Munns is going to pop by a little bit later on in the program to uh, fill us in on everything that the ice have going on into tonight's game and sort of set up this highly anticipated matchup between the top two teams in the Western Hockey League. And hey, it's game week. West final coming up on Sunday. You know we're all over that. Darren Bombing's going to pop on, I'd say... Uh, probably in the, the last half hour of the show, after we finish up with an extensive preview and Jets conversation with Mike McIntyre. Uh, but looking forward to having bombing. He was out in BC at the game on uh, on Sunday where the Lions beat the Stampeders. So we'll get bombing's thoughts on the Bombers and this upcoming matchup. We're actually going to get right into it in a few minutes um, as well with a little more Bomber talk and CFL talk with the voice of the West, and my partner on the lock shop, Mr. Dustin Nielsen, who'll be here in Winnipeg calling the West Final after calling the semi between BC and Calgary uh, earlier last weekend. So, yeah, Dusty, Munzee, we're here from Rick Bonus, Mike McIntyre, Darren Bombing. It is going to be a pack pack show. And uh, maybe Jeremy and I will hit the uh, cool bet lines a little later on because we've got a big, big night in the National Hockey League. Uh, as we get going, 
Got to give a big shout out to all of our friends and wonderful sponsors that help make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day, including Consolidated Supply, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Cool Bet Canada, Not Auto Corp, Princess Auto, Culligan Water, F Apparel, Canadian Club, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, of course, Little Brown Jug, and Royal Sports. And hey, speaking of Royal, and I'll mention this later on, but for all of you with us right off the top of the program, very excited. Maybe I'm the only person more excited than me is Remus for these because we just got the long-awaited, just in time for the West Final, our new era Winnipeg Sports Talk Tukes. Look at these beauties, folks. Look at these. And hey, this is Winnipeg. We didn't want to cheap out and get some half-assed toque. We went with the best, the new era. They just came in, very limited quantities available. I believe we've got about a dozen and a half at Royal Sports. They're on the floor right now. And you can also pick them up. We've got about the same amount for folks that can't get over to Royal on the website. So if you go over to winnipegsports.com, click on the uh, store button, and you will see the new new era toques are in right now. And uh, we've had a lot of people ask about these over the last year. They finally came in. As far as our new hats, apparently there's a container missing, and they're looking for them. So we'll we'll let you know, but let's face it. With the Bombers and Lions getting ready to do what they're going to do outside on Sunday, toques are more of a priority than hats right now. So Royal Sports, WinnipegSportsTalk.com, they're there for you. Go get them before they are gone. All right. Um, as we mentioned, Mike McIntyre, full Jets show, uh, full Jets conversation a little bit later on. Um, and we'll hear from Bones in a few minutes as well as get ready for this ice red deer game. Uh, but let's just get right to it and welcome in my partner on the lock shop. But most of you know him as the voice of the Canadian Football League. Well, the voice of the West, that's for sure, which all culminates on Sunday here in the peg at IG Field for the West final between the BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, Dustin Nielsen, I mean, I could introduce you as the uh, CFL, but let's face it. You're more known for going five and five for five last night in the lock shop. Dusty is lock back. shop. Lock <laughs> shop. I'm back. Five for five. We got the likely touchdown. We got the Justin Tucker over seven and a half. We got the uh, Ravens first half. No sweater. That's an insane trend. Lamar Jackson is now 30 and one on the road against the spread in the first half, which is insane. And then Ravens cover and uh, we hit the under buddy. That was a very nice night. Hey, you know what? Just while we mention the lock shop, and we will have the fantasy football extravaganza a little later on today. You can check out our the place to get the lock shop now is our YouTube channel. And folks, if you have not already, you know what? While I do this, I'm gonna fire up the. Uh, I'm gonna put the. I think we're link. just shy of 200 members right now. Perfect. We just got we just got it going, and folks, I'm just putting it in right now. There you go. There's the link for the YouTube channel. If you're with us on YouTube, click on that, go over, hit the subscribe button. And if you go to at LockShopBets, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Retweet the pinned tweet. When we get to 1,000, we'll be doing a big raffle for one of the people that has subscribed. And Oh, there's, there's the Gino. It's in his hand. We're it's giving just away a here. grand right now. So. It's just sitting here. I thought about uh, I thought about putting it all on Lamar and the Ravens in the first half last night. Then we give away two thousand dollars. But uh, yeah, no, it uh, we're ready. Yes, subscribe to the Lock Shop on YouTube. Um, we're gonna have a ton of stuff over there. It's gonna be great. 
Well, tomorrow on the lock shop, we will be getting, geez, it'll be our second last Wednesday CFL pick game of the year. Yeah. Been so much fun doing the Canadian Football League. And we knew the West, this West final was going to be between two great teams. We didn't know whether it was going to be BC or Calgary. You were there, Dusty. What a performance by the Lions. Nathan Rourke, obviously not 100%, but still good enough to go over three bills, get a couple in the end zone, and win a football game. Take us back to Sunday. What was the game like, and what were your observations of the Lions surviving at home and booking a trip to the peg? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the atmosphere in BC was awesome. I mean, I've only been doing games for three years, but there's been nothing like that in BC. Obviously, home playoff date, Rourke's back, Mar Dolman selling tickets, bringing people over on the ferry. Like, it was it was phenomenal. So it was nice for those fans to be delivered a victory. Uh, two other things stand out to me. One, uh, Nathan Rourke clearly gutted it out. I mean, they, they taped him up both feet uh, prior to the beginning of the second half, and he was great, especially in the second half. Goes off at like maybe 75% for 320 yards, a couple of touchdown passes as well. Wasn't moving a ton out of the backfield like he was when he was healthy earlier in the year, but still it was good enough. Keon Hatcher, who I've been saying all season, is one of the most underrated receivers, quietly put up 1,000 yards, playing in a bunch of different spots in that offense. He had a massive game. He was over 160 yards. But the key to this game was the BC Lions defense. I was not sure if they would be able to stop Calgary's rushing attack and either they did or they scared Calgary into not running at all because Calgary had ran for almost 1,000 yards in the final five weeks of the regular season. Their two running backs in this game, Kadeem Carey and Dedrick Mills, who both had three 100-yard rushing games on the season, uh, they combined for less than 60 yards. So I don't know what happened. They still averaged like six yards per carry, but Calgary just didn't seem to want to commit to running the football. So I guess kudos to whatever the BC Lions did defensively. But to me, that was the biggest, that was the biggest shocker. The fact that Calgary could not or decided to not run the ball. It was it was confusing, to be honest with you, buddy. I didn't see that one coming. Well, and, and I mean, in addition to not running the football, I mean, they weren't doing very well passing the football. And, you know, as the, the clock ticked through the third quarter, you just had the feeling that, I mean, hey, this is it. I mean, you need to... You need to try anything, and there was 19 going out for what, in all likelihood, will be his final passes as a Calgary Stampeder. You do wonder if they had made a halftime switch or got him earlier on whether this game might have looked a little different, but you're exactly right. The lack of consistently running the football was very puzzling because they've got the best rushing offense in the league. There was all the talk about the offensive line going into the game with the All-Stars. Yeah. Didn't seem like they used them. And to BC's credit, though, on a from a defensive perspective, they really did step up. And, I mean, that is going to be the key. I mean, you know you're going to need to score points. That goes without saying. But come playoff time, it really often is the defenses that step up. And we've seen this over and over for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers before as big defensive plays, creating turnovers, limiting those explosive plays, has been, you know, the the bread and butter of championship squads right now. So BC gets through this. I mean, Dusty, coming in, how much of a, uh, I, I mean, I think I said this to you on the lock shop. I mean, from a Bomber fan perspective, Calgary really, really made me nervous. I mean, the three games, and you yeah. called, I believe, all of them, the three games between Winnipeg and Calgary this year were all very, very close. And, you know, the thought of trying to beat a team with that sort of a line and rushing attack outdoors for the fourth time this season was a little intimidating. 
it's very different with the BC Lions. This is a team that comes in, you know, with this incredible offense, certainly when Nathan Rourke is healthy, all the weapons that we talked about and everything that they've been able to surround their quarterback with because he's on such a low salary as a young Canadian player. But now they are moving up a weight class coming to Winnipeg. And how impactful do you think the change in the conditions will be as a challenge for the BC Lions and, of course, the loudest crowd in the Canadian Football League that's going to be packing that stadium and will be loud from start to finish if last year's West Final is any indication. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. That place is going to be absolutely amazing on Sunday. I cannot wait to be there. Just the, I didn't do the West Final last year, so this will be my first West Final. I can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, you know, when you look at it from a BC Lions perspective, the conditions obviously night and day compared to what we saw last time. Uh, I would think there's two things here. Nathan Rourke's health. I mean, we saw that he was banged up, could, could barely put, you know, it definitely was limping for probably the final two and a half quarters of that football game. After the game, as he was running off, he was certainly limping as well. So what's the recovery process going to be like there? He'll be very limited as far as taking off, which is what makes him very effective. I mean, he's a great passer. We know that. But when you can also mix in the ability to run the ball like he showed in the first half of the year, that's going to change things. I wonder if the Bombers here are just like, that's it, let's go get him. And, you know, he's very good at reading the defenses and moving that ball quickly. But I have a feeling they're going to be bringing a ton of pressure on an immobile uh, Nathan Rourke. And then the other aspect of it that you can change it up a little bit with is, is James Butler. He had a thousand yard season, uh, but he injured himself in the first half of that game against Calgary and still almost went for a hundred yards. But you could tell his ability to cut was certainly hurt. It looked like he banged up his ankle and his knee. If that was a regular season game, I don't think he probably would have finished it. Uh, so, you know, two aspects, whether you want to run the ball with work or you want to run the ball with Butler, the only other option they have, unlike Calgary, who could go to Diedrich Mills or could go to Peyton Logan or whoever, the only other option they have is Bruce Anderson, who really doesn't have much experience at all. And what's Bruce Anderson going to come in and run all over the Bombers defense? I I, I highly doubt it. So, um, you know, the one thing going for them is that defense for the Lions, the way they played. Uh, and the Bombers defense has been very good this year. I don't think it's been as good as it has been in past years. Uh, so I, th- I think defensively, this could be a pretty evenly matched game. So if that's if they've the veteran secretary of secondary in BC, if they can make some plays on the ball, um, I think they'll have to do it. If they're going to have success, I think they're going to have to pick, pick Zach off a couple of times and maybe have to take one of them back or at least put him in really good field position because work will be great again. There's no, there's no denying it, but I think BC's defense is going to have to be the difference maker in this game. I am very interested, and I know Rourke's a Canadian quarterback, but, I mean, he's from the West Coast. He's playing for the BC Lions. He went to school in the States. Like, he hasn't I'm not been sure in this before. ever yeah. played in anything like this before. And, listen, that was a hard-fought win, and we saw, you know, the wear and tear that it had on Rourke at the end of the football game, Dusty. And, meanwhile, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have basically been home and cooled for a month in first place. And, like last year, we're able to rest a few players some key guys had the opportunity to come back and get healthy. And it really does seem like it is all systems go for the blue. Was it wasn't a great start for them last year at the beginning of that game. Was it like against the Riders? It seemed the like it took them five times yeah. in the first yeah. half. Well, was it five? And, and that's that's Jeez. why this that game is so legendary yeah. in Winnipeg lore is that, you know, the bomber defense just kept on holding Saskatchewan after, you know, the offense inexplicably, you know, I mean, remember the one Dembski had a sure touchdown. It went off his fingers, ended up being yeah. a pick. I mean, they moved the ball well, but 
They just were not, um, they weren't crisp. And I think that those experiences make a championship team like the Bombers even more ready to play a team like uh, like BC. But I do wonder, I mean, just the challenge of BC turning it around in such a short time against a team that has set the bar in the Canadian Football League, that has had the opportunity to rest, had the opportunity to get healthy, and they've been practicing. I mean, they had a bye week, but they had yeah. three practices. I mean, every guy locked and loaded in the facility each and every day. We had a great chat with uh, Ed Tate. To me, I mean, it, even in a neutral field, with the same amount of rest, I think the Bombers would be a very, very tough challenge for BC. Uh, but, man, when you talk about everything else around this game and what they've had to do to get here, um, there's a reason why the Bombers are a significant favorite. Well, and they know what's on the line. And, you know, having chatted with Osh pretty much every week throughout the season, they always have the same message, right? They're going to say, you know, it's just like any other game. But literally know, the same message. They have, yeah, they have. They, it's, it's the same thing every single week from every single member of the team. But, you know, as a group, maybe behind closed doors, man, like they know. They know that they have a chance here to keep something special going. Uh, and with, with the line, I think it, the cool bet posted as five. I think it's five. I think yeah, the lines are five, we were five point dogs right now. So, yeah, we were thinking four and a half. It ends up being five. It's an interesting number. That's for sure. Um, but the, the Bombers, and you know, the commitment that they've got to doing this again, because you mentioned just this last bye week, that, but they had that other bye week late in the regular season, man, and like nobody left either. I mean, they just stayed around, kept working to get ready to, to do what they have a chance to do. I mean, it's such an ideal spot to be in, whether you're Toronto or you're Winnipeg. You have to win one game at home to get to the Grey Cup championship. I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. So, I mean, there's there's no way that at the end of this game, you know, Suits and I are doing our post-game hit and we're talking about, man, the Bombers didn't look prepared. Like, there's no way. There's no way. So I think it's going to take some special efforts, probably individually, from the BC Lions to, uh, to, to steal one. And I would, I would view it as a steal. Like, BC's a very good team, um, but I, I, would be, I would be pretty surprised if they, if they knock him off. With a healthy Nathan Rourke, different story. And Nathan might still pull off something special. He's that type of guy. But... I mean, this is a game that the Bombers should be able to take care of. Well, uh, you know, as he said, Bombers are five-point favorites. We've talked about the record. We've talked about the pedigree. We've talked about everything they've done. There's a reason why. I mean, it's like Ric Flair said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And the Canadian exactly. football league for the last well, three years. Look at the storylines here, buddy. Like, man. You've got the Canadian superstar in this league with a chance to drive a dagger into this drive to a dynasty for the Bombers. Bombers win. They get a chance for the three-peat. Lions, Lions win, and, you know, we should probably be talking about their defense, should probably be talking about the Burnhams and those guys, but the story will be Nathan Rourke, as it should be. I mean, if they didn't have Nathan Rourke, nothing against Vernon Adams, but if they didn't have Nathan Rourke, I don't think they'd knock off Calgary last week either. Mind you, their D was – that BC defense was terrific. I think you probably on this show and on all of the stuff we do together, at the early part of the season, I was talking about how good – the BC Lions defense was and how I thought it was flying under the radar. And then, you know, they lost Rourke and maybe the spotlight came off that team a little bit. Um, but when I left that game last week, as I was going, going to the airport to fly home Sunday night, I was like, I should have known. I should have known that the BC Lions defense was capable of doing what they did. Cause it was, it was impressive. Well, you know, listen, I mean, this game, if it's close, and the one aspect, we spend a lot of time talking about the offensive stars and who's stepping up on defense, but this is the Canadian Football League. And 
the special teams matchup is consistently yeah. overlooked and it is always massive in close games, especially in the playoffs. Now, from a bomber perspective, Janarian Grant, healthy, has added a whole nother level to the bomber's awesome. return game. Mark Leggio obviously had the one mishap against Montreal, but you know I think really steadied himself well. And that big kick he had in Labor Day against the uh, Rough Riders, I think really kind of restored confidence, certainly from the team and I think most of the fan base. What do you think? I mean, what have you seen from the BC special teams unit? They had that crazy game a few weeks ago, which was just return, yeah, return, return. Top five all We're not going to be like, seeing yeah. that, I, I can't imagine. Um, but from a kicking game, from a coverage game, um, is there any way the BC Lions can utilize the special teams battle to maybe neutralize some of the disadvantages they have coming into this game? Uh, I don't know. Like Williams has certainly helped their game. He hasn't broken one yet, which we've seen Grant do a few times. Um, the one area where it would, nothing against Legio, but if I had to take a guy in the league right now to win me a football game with his leg, it's Sean White. I mean, Sean White's over 92% so far this season. Now, he's only had to kick one for 50 because BC's been put in some very good spots so far this year. Um, and he hasn't been as busy in the field goals to say Paredes, who got this special teams nom or kicker all-star or whatever it is. Um, but Sean White has had one of the best seasons of his career and all time. He's like number three. So I'd be very shocked. And and he did he did have one this year that one of his misses, and I think he only has a couple. One of them was was a little bit of a backbreaker for the team. But Whitey White Sean White has been He's been steady, man, as steady as they go. So, you know, I don't know if they're going to be stretching him out and going 54 degree, 54 yards or something in that weather. But there's no worry at all about the field goal game for the BC Lions. Now, as far as the return game goes, I would give Winnipeg the advantage both on, you know, their cover teams and with Janarian Grant. And uh, you know this, us. If I'm doing a West Final and either Terry Williams or Janarian Grant returns a kick, Sue's going to have to hold me in that booth because I'm going to be ready to jump out, buddy. Like, I'm going to lose. If this game comes down to, like, a, a, a winning kick to go to the Grey Cup, I, uh, I, I'll lose my mind. I'll lose my mind. I, I already get shivers just thinking about it. This is how I operate. I was driving around, I guess it would have been yesterday afternoon, and I was, like, doing mock calls of game-winning kicks in the car. And I was getting, like, goosebumps. I was like, let's go. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, man. I can't wait. Uh, it is going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be wild. Um, you know, we're looking at, I believe I saw it today. They're already over 29,000 for this game. The tickets sell that thing out. Sell. I know it's going to be cold, but sell that thing out. Well, and, and I'll say this, um, it won't be as cold as it was last year. I mean, that was a December game against the riders and it was in and around like, you know, minus 18, minus 20 felt even colder, but there wasn't a damn person that went to that game that left going, man, I'm cold. I wish I didn't go. I mean, it was, we were, we were still talking about it right now. And, you know, the opportunity to win this game, head one province West for the gray cup in a week and do something. No CFL team has done since the eighties is uh, it certainly has captivated the market. I mean, what can I say? We're looking forward to having you back here for one more time. And hopefully this will be uh, uh, as exciting as, and as fun in the stands for Winnipeggers as last year was, hopefully with a similar result. Um, I know we'll make our picks tomorrow, but um, do you have an early lean on uh, the East final? I mean, is this Toronto's to lose? By the way, how about Andrew Harris coming back? Like the chip, 
if, if they win and he makes it and it's Toronto Bombers in the final, oh, I mean, that man. would just be the juiciest of Grey Cup stories. I'm here for the madness. I am. Uh, I think, what is it? Alouette's are three and a half point dogs. I think I'd, I think I'd probably, because yeah. you're getting the hook there on the three and a half, I think I'd probably take the Alouettes, to be honest with you. Um, if the line was inside three, maybe I'd look the other way. But, you know, Montreal and the Ticats are in a tough spot because they don't have a quarterback. If you can't, if you don't have a guy you can stick with, I mean, if you're looking for teams that might want to go after Cody Fajardo or Bo Levi or something, I think you'd have to put Hamilton in that mix. But anyway, um, Montreal in that game, you look at what they've done with the running game, with Fletcher and Stanback's back. Eugene Lewis is an absolute game breaker. Trevor Harris looks after things, right? Like he's very accurate. He doesn't take a ton of risks. And I think that's something you're going to need on the road against the Argos. You do have a pretty darn good defense. So, um, you know, Trevor Harris has to me, proven to us that he's capable of getting the job done in these situations. It won't be spectacular, but I think Trevor, whereas with McLeod Bethel-Thompson, he's had a really good year, but the Argos at times have shown a lack of composure, both on the sideline and on the field. And I wonder if they face some adversity early in this game, if it starts to kind of unravel a little bit for them. So that'll be the key for them. If the Argos can kind of keep everything together and you know, maybe having Harris back in there certainly helps. Um, yeah, I think I think they just got to stay focused and they could probably win that thing. But I think it's going to be a close football game and in that situation. You're going to give me three and a half on an Alouette team that's been pretty good since Machocha took over. I think I'm going to side with that. Watch Harris come off of three months being out to run for 100 and put the team on his back and make it to the Great Cup. It would be a hell of a story. Uh, Dustin Nielsen's with us. He will have the call on Sunday afternoon on TSN. When you're all packing the stadium, you can look up and see the super tall guy beside the short guy. And in fact, the former pro football player is the tall guy in this uh, in this <laughs> setup. Hey, just before we go, you have to talk any Oilers fans off the ledge today on the program after last night? What's up with their pet penalty kill? It sucks. That's what's up with it. <laughs> like it, it, they've been off with four power play goals last night. They only allowed five shots shorthanded. Four of them went in and it wasn't even Skinner's fault. Like it was just grade A chances. Hey, here's Alexander Ovechkin. Maybe that well, not even maybe the best to ever do it on the power play in his spot. Nobody between him and the goalie. And he just fires a wrister right by Ovechkin and Kuznetsov toyed with the Oilers last night like they they looked really good uh and the Oilers are fine five on five but they took stupid penalties and their penalty kill is third last in the National Hockey League right now and um you know sometimes sometimes that can be a goaltending issue for sure I'm not going to deny that but I think I think it's more than that and they have to play Tampa tonight so buddy there's people ready to mail it in today like the 12 13 games into the season people are like that's it Ken Holland's blown it on to the next one. I'm like, oh, so it was, uh, but if they win tonight, the parade is back on, right? So it's, it's, hey, we know it's what it's like early time. in the season. Yeah. Hey, we got a battle for first place in the central here tonight between the Jets and the Dallas Stars. And not a lot of people had that before. And yeah, I can tell you if they win this game, parades will be planned. And if they lose this game, it'll be everything that's happened so far. It's not worth it. Obviously, we're Canadian markets, man. That's why we love it. I'll say this for Oiler fans right now. Two things are probably getting them by. Number one, you still got Connor McDavid. And number two, the Flames are in a little bit of free fall right now. I don't know if you've done any sad stutter lately, but there's been quite a bit of material <laughs> from a very angry head coach in Southern Alberta. 
he is uh he is not happy and it was funny because uh, i do that two guys in goalie podcast with matt cassian and gager and Cass is always like, I don't know if these players can get through another year with Daryl Sutter. And then Sutter got the extension. And now you're seeing some of these new guys like Huberto must be thinking, oh, man, I signed for the max term here. Like, we'll see how that sorts itself out. So, you know, you know what? It's funny, though, like in, in general, I mean, Toronto or Winnipeg, rather, probably the only Canadian team happy with their start. Canucks are a disaster. Senators were supposed to take a step in the right direction. Haven't. I mean, they're, they've got what four wins so far in the year. Montreal's been okay. Cause you didn't expect much from them. Toronto, obviously like five days ago, it was fire everybody. And then Calgary and Edmonton have been meh. So yeah, enjoy it. Winnipeg. You lucky ducks. It's, it's great. <laughs> we'll see what happens tonight. And, uh, we're going to talk to Brian Munns in a couple minutes, too. we got a big game, uh, Western Hockey League, 15-1 ice versus the 15-0 Red Deer Rebels for the next couple of Oh, my days. God. That's so, no huge. Shortage of, no shortage of great options. Listen, Dusty, uh, thanks for doing this, folks. Don't forget, subscribe to The Lock Shop. We will have our fantasy football edition after today's program. Tomorrow, CFL picks. Thursday, we'll get into the Thursday nighter. And Friday, Another big day of our best bets for the weekend in the NFL. And then uh, Saturday, some parlays, some props. Um, and again, every day, you know where to get it. The new Lock Shop channel on YouTube. Dusty, have a great rest of the week. And we'll look forward to seeing you here for uh, the game we've been waiting for for months. The West Final for a trip to the Great Cup in Regina. Yeah, if you need me, I'll be at the Elephant and Castle eating those chicken tenders. They are unreal. <laughs> it's my last trip. I'm going, I'm going to town this week, buddy. Uh, I'll see you I later, man. Chicken fingers and fries for life. The palate <laughs> of an eight-year-old, but the pipes of one of the best in the business. And he'll have the call for us on uh, Sunday afternoon. But I think the uh, the best place to watch this game is, of course, to be a part of that crowd. Tickets going very, very well. We'll get to that. Uh, and we'll talk more about the matchup and get Darren Bombing's thoughts on the upcoming West Final later on in today's show. As I mentioned, huge game tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Dallas Stars. We're going to be all over that. We'll hear from Rick Bonus, but I do want to take a quick trip out to the ice cave with Brian Munns to tee up this incredible long awaited battle between the ice and the red deer rebels. Before we do that, let me give a big shout out to our friends at consolidated supply. Our newest sponsor always love hooking up with guys that are also regular listeners and spicy Joe Gino and the gang over there. Great supporters of Winnipeg sports talk and, Listen, they've got so much that you might not be aware of. Your first choice for lawn, garden, golf equipment, and of course, golf carts is the club car dealer here in Manitoba. Um, if you're thinking about anything to do with artificial turf, they can help you with that as well. And you're thinking about a project for that dream putting green in the backyard. And speaking of your backyard, how much better would you be maybe landscaping in a hot tub, an outdoor kitchen, barbecue and more they've got that all not to mention the experts and leaders in small engine parts so much going on a consolidated supply go and see it for yourself 1395 Niagara road east or check them out online their new relaunched website at cte.ca Hey gang, if you're looking for great prices on uh, great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products and groceries and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, you got to pop in and see our friends at one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores, or of course, online at my, myvita.ca. November is considered Men's Health Month, and choosing the right natural health products are key. 
Vita Health carries everything you need to help relieve prostate issues, reduce stress, and support mental focus from Canadian brands like Prairie Naturals, who donate a portion of the sales to the Canadian Men's Health Foundation. And if you can't make it down to one of the stores, you can visit their new fully shoppable website to buy online, schedule a delivery, or in-store pickup. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And hey, you know what? Beautiful outside today, and a little bit of that snow we've got is sort of melted. So a great time to make sure you've crossed off everything to do on your winterization list. And don't forget about your garage door. Our friends at Wallace and Wallace remind you that you're going to want to make sure that your photo eye isn't blocked, dirty, or misaligned. Might want to give it a little wash beforehand to protect it. And of course, you need to lubricate those rollers. But if you don't know much, I would be lost, to be honest, when it comes to garage doors. But Wallace and Wallace are the experts in it. And you can still give them a call and take advantage of their winter maintenance program. It's Wallace and Wallace's version of a medical checkup for your door. The technicians will poke and prod their way through a 21-point checklist, making sure your door is ready for the winter ahead. To book your service call, go to wallacedoors.com or call them at 452-2700. All right, Mike McIntyre coming up. We're going to discuss Commissioner Gary Bettman and Bill Daly coming to town today. The first place matchup for the Jets taking on the Stars, the Filipino Heritage Night, everything around tonight's game. Uh, but I wanted to make a point of making sure we headed out to the ice cave because we've talked for the last couple of weeks about the ice finally coming home after that marathon start on the road. And tonight and tomorrow, they're taking on the 15-0 and Red Deer Rebels. Cannot remember a matchup in almost any sport where you had a 15-1 and team taking on a 15-0 and team, but that's exactly what's happening tonight. They've got a great special right now as well. If you go to the ICE Twitter, you can click the link, but if you use the promo code EAST and buy your tickets tonight, two for Tuesday, two for 24, you'll get free tickets for tomorrow's game as well. So um, let's get to it. Head out to the ICE Cave. Brian Munns joins us now to tee up the battle for supremacy in the Western Hockey League. Brian Munns joins us now from the Winnipeg Ice before the first of two first place battles between uh, the Red Deer Rebels and the Winnipeg Ice. Munzi, what's going on? Must have a big game feel around the ice cave today. There is. Uh, just finished our pregame visit with head coach James Patrick, and we were both talking about it that uh, you know the phones have been busy. Over the last 48 hours or so, we're 17 games into it here tonight for Winnipeg, but these are kind of the two that everybody across the league has had their uh, calendars marked upon. And I think there's only three other games or two other games overall in the league this evening. So all eyes will be on the ice cave for sure, With uh, especially with Red Deer going into Moose Jaw on the weekend. They were down 2 nothing and were able to win that game. So to come in here 15-0, and and we all know what uh, the ice have been able to do at 15-1, and it's Kind of the battle of the Titans here tonight coming up at 7. Well, you, you know what? We've also got a great deal on tickets for folks to check out the games today and tomorrow, which we'll tell you about in a second. <clears throat> but I have to ask, I'm, you know, in talking to James Patrick, I, everyone knew that these games were coming up. And anyone paying attention to the standing saw the wins pile up night after night. Uh, in some ways, from the coach's perspective, it's nice to finally be here because I think it's just human nature. When you've got a team rolling the way the ice has been, knowing that Red Deer is coming into Winnipeg and they hadn't lost a game yet on the season, at times you sort of look ahead to that. And um, the ice have continued to put out workmanlike efforts and uh, get the two points when they've uh, had the opportunity. 
Yeah, you're right. Like you look at the calendar and they obviously started with 13 in a row on the road. And then you come home, you've got the battle of Manitoba for Taylor McCaffrey lawyers against Brandon. Those games are always fun. And then when you've got Everett and Tri-Cities coming in, the first time that both of those franchises ever played in Winnipeg, you know, I think the, uh, the focus was easy for those three games because there was something always there. But there's no doubt when you've got, uh, you know, Kai Uchaz, who comes in tonight leading the league in goals, he scored eight in his last uh, five games. There's uh, a lot of intrigue for sure with uh, obviously how good Winnipeg's been, and then you've got a team that's undefeated. So for tonight and tomorrow, there's there's no better place to be, obviously, than at the campus of the U of M. Yeah, well, and we should get to it right now. I mean, if you go to the Winnipeg uh, Ice website or check out their Twitter, it's probably the best place to do it. They've got a link to it, but I mean, you got the number one ranked team in the country. The Red Deer Rebels are here, 15 and 0 versus 15 and 1, back to back games. And if you purchase your ticket to tonight's game using the promo code EAST, you'll get a free ticket to Wednesday's match. And, um, you know, for folks that haven't gotten out to the Ice Cave yet, Munzee, I can't imagine a better time to uh, take in not one, but two games against two of the best teams in Canadian junior hockey. Yeah, and throw in the fact as well that it's two for Tuesdays here tonight, a promo that they're running each and every night where you can get two tickets for $24, a couple of hot dogs for only 8 bucks. You can get two for one popcorn, and then you got your uh, Ford Gary Brewing draft pregame, and as the night goes on, two beer for only 10 bucks. It's, uh, it's a pretty affordable night for the family, obviously, and then you get to do it again all tomorrow. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a fun week here, and uh, – you know, the best part about it, and I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, is, you know, you mentioned for people that haven't come into the ice cave or haven't spent a lot of time uh, inside Wayne Fleming Arena, you're only like 15 feet off the ice, like in your farthest vantage point. So it's not like you're lost and the game's kind of uh, a bit of a rumor down below somewhere in some of the big buildings. So uh, this, this is going to be a fun weekend, or I guess midweek, but uh, we'll call it a weekend. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, back to back, it doesn't matter. I'm sure from the ice perspective, it was any time, anywhere, any place. They couldn't wait for games right. like this. What has been the uh, what's been the feeling amongst the uh, young men wearing the Winnipeg jerseys about this series? And once you got through Tri Cities on the weekend, uh, did you feel sort of a real buzz building amongst this team, knowing what was coming into town today and tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. Just based on the roster and the way things are going, uh, you know, knock on wood right now, everybody on the roster is eligible for James Patrick. So he has to make three deletions uh, in the lineup right now. Carter Prasovsky has been really good since coming back. Max Struhl's obviously healthy on the back end. So those have been big. Graham Swart made his uh, ice debut on the weekend since coming over from Spokane, the Nashville Predators draft pick. And, uh, you know, I've talked to some people in Nashville and they're really high on him. Like they thought he had a tremendous training camp up with the big team. So those three players on the back end are obviously a huge compliment to guys like Lambos and Zelotti who get so much ice time and then the young Jonas Wu. So it uh, it's worked out really well defending. And, you know, that for me is kind of what stands out. We talked about Kai Uchaz earlier on leading Red Deer with 15 goals on the year. As a team, they've only given up 25 goals against in the 15 games they've played. So for as much as, uh, you know, we talk about goal scoring and, and how fun it is. It could be a 2-1 or a 3-2 hockey game uh, here tonight and tomorrow. So it sets the stage for, you know, the hockey fans to come out and watch some really good play on the ice. 
You know, I, I can't imagine um, Daniel Hauser. I mean, we spoke with him last about him last week and the incredible start that he's had, and just how basically all he's done is won since he got to Winnipeg and put on a nice jersey. Um, huge opportunity for him to uh, basically establish himself as amongst the elite and show that he can do it against the elite of uh, visiting teams. Yeah, eleven and zero on the season so far with what he's been able to do in net and. Uh, Obviously, with Red Deer's perfect record right now, both Kyle Kelsey, who's 10-0 for the Rebels, and Rhett Stozer have yet to lose. He's 5-0. You know, Red Deer's goalie numbers, if you want to look at this, Huss, and we don't know who's going to play as of yet uh, tonight for them. Uh, Kelsey's goals against is 1.80. His save percentage is 935. And Stozer's a 1.4 goals against and a 934 save percentage. So, you know, whichever guy that uh, Steve Conowalczyk elects to put in net tonight is going to be a challenge for Winnipeg. And they know that, uh, you know, they're going to have to play well. And, you know, we talked about Daniel Hauser so far with his 11 and 0 record. And as I look at it here right now, the number that you and I talked about uh, last week or in the last 10 days here, he is 52, three and two in the 59 games that he's played. So tonight will be his 60th game. So that's a little bit of a milestone here tonight for uh, the doctor as uh, we like to call him. (laughs) <laughs> well, the doctor can get to 50 games above 500 career if he can get a win tonight. Right. Um, you know, and we'll get to some of the, 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 you know, the main stars of the ice and how they'll be leaned on in uh, this game. Uh, but I got to ask you about young Connor Dale, 17 year old scored his first two goals yeah. on the weekend. I mean, always special when young guys get their first chance to crack into the lineup score. And obviously those were big goals and, uh, and a win, a tight win against Tri-City. Yeah, and exciting for him, right? Because you watch these young players come in and, you know, their first opportunity, their first couple of months, they're just trying to figure out what major junior hockey is all about. And it's a challenge, right? Like they're playing against 18, 19, 20, you know, some 21-year-olds here and we get into the second half of the year. So it's a big adjustment for them. So for the young guys to be able to contribute and you know, Aiden Oring and Ty Fraser and himself have kind of made up that uh, fourth line. Josh Metternach's obviously got a little bit more experience. But, uh, you know, for those guys who are just getting their feet wet here in the league, they've gone and James Patrick's been able to kind of rotate everybody through. He needed to in those first 13 games when you don't have last line change. So sometimes they get caught out there against the Connor Bedards and the Braden Jaggers and the Jagger Ferkuses and, you know, some of those other really good players that are in the league right now, Logan Stankoven with uh, the Kamloops Blazers, who was the player of the year last year. So they've acquitted themselves very well to begin the year. And Connor was pretty excited. You know, we talked to him after the game. Mike Sawatsky was there from the free press. And uh, you still remember that that they are young with, you know, kind of the giddiness, the excitement of uh, being able to finally score in this league. And, you know, it's the start for him and uh, some other guys here to just continue to build that confidence as the year goes on. Now, Munzee, what do we need to know about Red Deer other than uh, obviously the headline, which is 15 wins, zero losses, zero OT losses, zero shootout losses this year. Um, and and what, what's changed? How has this team gone from where they were last year to now being right there with the ice at the top of the uh, entire landscape of Canadian junior hockey? Well, they were good last year too, right? Like Edmonton got all the headlines, obviously with uh, the team that they had built, the seven guys from the World Juniors, like, they were stacked and went on to to win the league. And I think Red Deer kind of got overlooked a little bit. But whenever you went out to that central division, it's always a tough, uh, tough night inside PV Mart Centrium there. So 
you know, we talked about it earlier on. Caillou Chaz leads the league right now with 15 goals. We talked about the two young netminders that have been, you know, really a tremendous surprise. Both guys weren't around last year and uh, have been able to come out. Now they're playing behind a really good team, which which obviously helps. But Jaden Groob's big. He's a draft pick of the New York Rangers. Uh, comes into this game, uh, you know, I think with 19 points as well. You know, they've got Sadoff, who's uh, a finished kid on the back end. Like, they've got a lot of really good players that have been able to kind of build into that mode that uh, Steve Kotowalczyk played with. And, you know, James Patrick and I are going to talk about it on our pregame show tonight coming up at 6.30 that, you know, the Rebels kind of play like Steve Kotowalczyk did. You know, he was a grinding guy that was, you know, such a journeyman in the National Hockey League there that uh, the players have really taken the trade of their head coach. And this will be uh, – a bit of a lunch bucket hockey game here tonight that uh, is going to be a fun thing to watch. Uh, you know, we can't talk ice without mentioning Zach Benson, who uh, is leading the team in scoring right now, a top prospect for the draft. And, you know, that's going to be around Zach. Really, it was around him last year. I think people knew that this was going to yeah. be a big year, a very hyped draft, and he's one of the top prospects for it. But I'd imagine, listen, you want, and I'm sure James Patrick is getting these young men to basically be ready to play each and every game the same way, get into that routine. But knowing the competition and the amount of eyeballs and the amount of notoriety these two games are, a uh, big opportunity for Zach Benson to maybe introduce himself to uh, some folks that maybe have not seen or heard about what he's doing and why he's a top five prospect for the upcoming NHL draft. Well, the nice thing for Zach right now, he's been able to learn from guys like Peyton Krebs, Carson Lambos, and then now Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky from last year, right? So he's been able to have those players here that not only on the ice, but he's been able to learn what it takes off the ice and the extra requests now that are coming his way. And, you know, I look back to the game on Saturday night, uh, the Dallas Stars obviously playing in downtown tonight had the majority of their management at the game on Saturday, Philadelphia, Calgary, Anaheim, uh, Edmonton, Ottawa, I believe were the teams that jumped out for me when from where Kevin O and I are doing the games, you look across the ice and then kind of to the left uh, where the open area in the mezzanine is, you can usually spot all the scouts there. And there were a ton of them. And I know that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot here, for, especially for back-to-back -back games, because this is the chance where they get to see these teams' elite players go up against the other best players in the league. And when you can do it on back-to-back -back nights, there's no better way to be able to scout where if a player has a bad period, well, you've got five more to watch, right? You don't have to go anywhere. They can set up shop in the hotel here. So uh, it's a big week in Winnipeg, and obviously uh, those players are going to want to be at their uh, elite here tonight and tomorrow. Well, it's great to have a bunch of scouts in the building, but it's even better when it's packed with fans. And, uh, folks, I mean, when it comes to uh, the Western Hockey League, I don't know if you're going to see a better regular season matchup all season long. It's the 15-0 Red Deer Rebels coming to take on the 15-1 Winnipeg Ice. And as Munsey mentioned, it's two for Tuesdays right now. When you're buying your tickets, use the promo code EAST. You'll get tickets for tomorrow's game as well. And let's just run down this again, Munsey. Hot dogs, two for eight bucks. Beers, two for ten. Parking passes, two for one. Tickets, two for 24 bucks. Am I missing anything other than two of the best teams in Canada? I think you've nailed it all. And again, I think the big thing is uh, use the promo code EAST on the website and you get tickets for tomorrow's game at no additional charge. So uh, we're looking forward to a big 48 hours here on the campus at the U of M. And tonight's game is also, uh, you know, proceeds going to it. We're joining up, obviously, with the Bisons. The men's and the women's teams are both back now that everybody is uh, inside Wayne Fleming Arena. So we're excited to uh, see what they're going to be able to do as well this year. 
right on. Munzee, thanks for doing this. Good luck to the ice. We'll see you out at the ice cave. And, uh, folks, again, the promo code is EAST if you want tickets for tonight and tomorrow for one low price. Good luck to the uh, fellas, my man, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Huss. Thanks, Bob. Take care. All right, good stuff with Brian Munns today. Hey, if you want to go to the game tomorrow night, hit me up with a DM on Twitter, at Hustlerama. Include your email, and uh, I'll pick a winner from everyone that uh, sends in a DM over the next few hours for four tickets for tomorrow night's game between the Winnipeg Ice and the Red Deer Rebels. And if uh, if you've got the time for not going to the Jet game tonight, uh, you get those two for $24 deal, and you'll get tickets for tomorrow night's game. Should be a great one. But we all know the main event tonight in the peg is downtown, Canada Life Center, Jets and Stars. Mike McIntyre just about to join us, but let's get to the why not question of the day. And um, I guess the question is, how big of a game is this in your mind? What will a win against a very good Dallas Stars team do for your confidence level and where the Jets are headed? And on the reverse side of things, if things don't go well, what will that tell you about the Winnipeg Jets? Hit us up in the comments. And of course, for everyone live in the chat right now, and a big thanks to our friends at Not Auto Corp for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. So much going on right now over at Not. Of course, they're the leaders in electric vehicles. Had a big Tesla event a couple of weeks ago. But so many beautiful makes and models on the lot right now. If you're thinking about a new car, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? And with winter just around the corner, do you have your winter tires yet? The service lab at Not Auto Corp has winter tire specials and the MPI payment plan. Why not get safe winter tires now and pay later? Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, and online at not.ca. And by the way, pay attention to the Not Auto Corp Instagram. I know they're going to be dropping a contest to win tickets to the West Finals. So, Go on to Insta, at Not Auto Corp. Give them a follow and keep an eye out for your chance to win West Final tickets from our friends over at Not Auto Corp. Um, hey, are you bundled up for the game on Sunday yet? Mentioned that Royal Sports over at uh, 750 Pembina Highway has brand new bomber gear in, toques, scarves, and more. And the other hot new addition is the Winnipeg Sports Talk New Era toque. Very limited quantities. We just got them in. They are absolutely gorgeous. Great quality. So if you'd like to be rocking a Winnipeg Sports Talk New Era toque, we've got about a dozen and a half at Royal and another dozen and a half on the website at winnipegsportstalk.com. If you're not able to head down to Royal, when you go to Royal, check out thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, tons of bomber gear, the best of NFL merchandise, Blue Jays, Raptors, and, of course, tons of Canada soccer gear just ahead of the World Cup. And if you're at all involved in hockey, you probably already know for 40 years, Royal's been the hockey superstore in town. And they've got you from skate sharpening all the way up to full goalie equipment. Whatever your hockey needs, our Royal is there for you. Royal Sports, 750 Pembina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina for their latest merchandise drops and sale information. And a big shout out to our friends at F Apparel. I mentioned to the guys, or mentioned to you all yesterday, I actually, uh, now that I've got a great new suit from F Apparel, threw it on, enjoyed my afternoon in the press box. I'll be much more comfortable in 316 tonight watching this Jet Stars game. But uh, listen, F's got, is the place to go if you're looking to spruce up the wardrobe 
or you're looking for a new suit or two. Custom suits beginning at just $400. Some great deals as well. And for you fellas that are involved in a wedding party next year, talk to the gang. If you get down to F Apparel and get fitted and ordered by the end of November, every one of the wedding party is going to get a free shirt and 10% off your order savings of up to $130 per person. That's F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown and online at fephapparel.com. All right, we've talked a little bombers. We got ready for this ice series, but tonight, all eyes on Canada Life Center. Real special night, Filipino Heritage Night. Those really cool warm-up jerseys. There'll be some interesting entertainment and some cool food options. But first things first, this is a battle for first place in the Central Division. And Mike McIntyre, who saw that coming a few weeks ago for the Winnipeg Jets? How are you? Doing well, Huss. Yeah, this, uh, if you're Rick Bonus, I mean, you couldn't have scripted this any better, could you? Your, your new team fighting your old team a month into the year for first place. Uh, throw in the fact that at least until the other day, the Chicago Blackhawks were sitting there in, in third and the game on Saturday was kind of a second place battle with a team that everybody thought was going to be tanking for Connor Bedard. And the, the Central Division is kind of an odd one early in the year. And yes, it's early, but Hey, U.S. Thanksgiving is just three weeks away, and here are the Jets, Huss, not only uh, in second place in their division. Uh, last I checked, they were sixth overall in the NHL in terms of win percentage and and third in the West. Um, they've also collected points, of course, in six straight games, so they want to keep the good times going, uh, obviously, tonight. And, you know, they've done what you would hope they would do against a couple of lesser lights in in uh, Montreal and and Chicago. Now they get um, a team that is is clicking on all cylinders. The Dallas Stars. I don't know if you mentioned this already. They've scored 18 goals in their last three games, outscoring their opponents 18 to six. Uh, so they are uh, a force, and they got one of the best top lines in hockey. The Jets will have their hands full, and uh, it's a good test at a good time. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, yeah, that hints Robertson Pavelski line has been, you know, the engine for the club. And if you've got Jason Robertson in fantasy, you've been liking it. And then, you know, we saw the guys that normally seem to just show up after being AWOL when they play the Winnipeg Jets is Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. And Ben's coming off a recent hat trick. And both of those guys, although playing lower in the lineup, contributing as well. You know, I just put this out or why not question of the day? But Mike, in your opinion, I mean, I know. It's a big divisional game. It's a great test. But what do you think is at stake for the Winnipeg Jets going up against Dallas, a team that handled them quite well at home earlier this season? We've seen the team build off of um, great results on the road, but certainly not the style of play they wanted. And I think I've been getting closer to that blueprint that, frankly, will allow them to hang with teams like Dallas. I mean, what's at stake for the Jets tonight? Big picture outside of the two points. Yeah, you know, if if there's a, a silver lining, I suppose, to some of the, the Jets' struggles in terms of their style of play early in the year, it's that they seem to, to you know, raise their game, especially when they're playing within their division. Maybe that first Dallas game aside, and that was the second game of the year, uh, although I think parts of that game the Jets were okay, uh, but Dallas was clearly the better team. I think if you look at, at what the Jets have done in their division so far the rest of this season, um, you know, they played a really good game in Colorado a couple nights after that Dallas game. 
obviously the game against St. Louis, you know, here on home ice is the one that um, everybody's kind of used as a blueprint for how this team should look. And the game against Chicago the other day, you know, that was, um, yes, Chicago is not expected to be a powerhouse, but they came in above 500 playing well. And the Jets, you know, really neutralized them, save for maybe a little bit of, of, uh, of lackadaisical play towards the end of the first period. But, you know, I think the Jets, and, and we've seen this in years past as well, when it comes to playing within the Central Division, the Jets get get up for those games. And that's a good thing. Well, you know, here they have now a game against Dallas on home ice, trying to return the favor after, as Brendan Dillon said yesterday, we got spanked there, there last time. I, I, don't, I think he was almost being overly harsh in how that game went. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's not make or break by any means. Uh, we're still only a month into the year, but it's a great litmus test to kind of see where this team is at and can they potentially, you know, bring it up another notch or two and, and raise their game. Uh, both teams, of course, are not a hundred percent. The Jets will miss Nikolai Ehlers for game 10 in a row tonight. And of course for Dallas, they're missing their, you know, one of the best goalies in the NHL in Jake Ottinger. But again, when you're scoring 18 in the last three, uh, I don't know that it matters all that much who's in net because their uh, their offense is clicking. So a great test should be a great atmosphere. And, uh, hey, the commissioner is going to be in the house tonight, Gary Bettman. And uh, Bill Daly taking in the action. How about that? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, I know I've had a ton of people like, oh, are they announcing something big? I mean, my <laughs> understanding is that this is sort of, you know, part of a tour that the commissioner and Bill Daly will be trying to hit all the rinks and, you know, connect and engage with the different markets throughout the year. But are your spidey senses tingling at all that there might be more to it? Yeah, I've been told not to expect <clears throat> anything, you know, earth shattering at, at the news conference, but the timing is interesting for sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of us in the press box on Saturday observed that David Thompson was uh, was at that game against the, the Blackhawks. And uh, David Thompson isn't seen around the team all that often. Uh, the extremely wealthy co-owner, of course, along with Mark Chipman. Uh, and now to get word that, that you know, Batman and Daly are both here. Uh, apparently, this is part of what they want to do. They want to get out to all the markets. Um you know, so yeah, don't expect an all-star game or, uh, or, or or a draft to get announced. Uh, it, by the way, if I was ranking the possibilities of either of those ever happening, I'd put the all-star game somewhere between Slim and none, and Slim just left town, as the saying goes. I don't think they're sending the NHL's elite to Winnipeg in uh, in the dead of winter in January. That would not be good for anybody, really. Uh, a draft, I mean, maybe, maybe one day. Um, but I wouldn't hold my breath on that either. I, I will be interested. I, I don't in, think the draft I suspect... happens. I, I, I was just going to say, I mean, I understand that Winnipeg has been working on a draft, and that had been something that had been talked about when the team came into the National Hockey League. Yeah. But a number of things need to happen. And I think the biggest key is completing the work on that Sutton Place Hotel just on the yes. other side of True North Center. When that is up, I think we're closer to the number of rooms and everything that you need to have in a close area that comes with that. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm for sort sure. of with you. I mean, the, there's no late January All-Star game for the National Hockey League in Winnipeg, as much as it would be a very interesting event. But future, and yeah, listen, you know, for 
as a Winnipeg guy, a draft, you know, having everyone here in June or July, I mean, that is when we love to show off our city the most. And uh, who knows, might go a long way to let people know a different side of the city if they're normally just coming here in January or February for a quick road trip. Yeah, the mosquitoes aren't even that bad usually, uh, uh, you know, at that time of year. So you're right. I mean, uh, one question I suspect, uh, I mean, if uh, I plan to ask it, if, if someone else doesn't beat me to it, I do wonder if Winnipeg is in line for another global series game at some point. You know, the Jets obviously have a number of uh, of players from Europe, uh, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, Denmark. I, I wonder if that's a potential to happen sooner or later. The Jets, of course, did participate in that one global series uh, in Finland back in 2018 or 2019, I believe it was, um, you know, Patrick Laine is not on the team anymore. And Laine, of course, just went back to Finland now as a member of Columbus against the Avalanche uh, last week. But I, I do wonder if that's something that is potentially on the radar in the next year or two for the Jets. Uh, we know the NHL, that, that, that's a big part of what they do now, right, to send teams overseas. Usually now there's been the, the two teams kind of start the year there. And then what we just saw last week where a month or so into the season, there's another one. Um, so if, if four teams are kind of getting them on a yearly basis, I do wonder if we're getting close to Winnipeg's number being called. And if so, where that might be. Denmark would, to me, make a whole lot of sense given Nikolai Ehlers. And we know obviously hockey in Denmark has just exploded. And a big part of that is a guy like Nikolai Ehlers and what he's managed to, to do for his homeland. His dad, of course, is the coach of the national team. So it would make a lot of sense. But again, I, I'm not expecting... We're getting any kind of big announcement today. Uh, I do, though, expect, Haas, that Gary Bettman will be asked about attendance issues. And, you know, there's that clip of him from 2011 where he was announcing the relocation of the Thrashers. And he said, this is only going to work if this is a full house every night. And, of course, for the first decade, the downtown rink played in front of a full house. Uh They've only had one sellout since COVID, and that was a few weeks ago when the Toronto Maple Leafs were in town, a sellout heavily influenced, I suspect, by Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Uh, last Thursday, Montreal Canadiens were in town, normally a huge draw, and I wrote about this in a piece that ran over the weekend. There was 1,600 empty seats, and that has to be a concern. To be clear, this is not a Winnipeg Jets issue alone. The Jets, in fact, uh, based on the numbers, are right around the middle of the pack in the NHL when it comes to capacity, you know, and the capacity that they're playing. There are about half the teams in the league are actually playing to uh, an even lesser capacity than Winnipeg. The problem, though, for Winnipeg is they don't have the same margin for error, if you will, because they are playing in what was, until Mullet Arena, the smallest building in the league. So... I'd be curious to hear what Gary Bettman has to say about that and how concerned he is about that. And, and you know, I, I expect he would trot out some of the, the, the reasons for it. And I cited the biggest one to me is the cost of living is through the roof these days. Inflation is a major issue. Everything in life is more expensive. Gas, groceries, you name it. Um, and people don't have the money that maybe they did even a couple of years ago to kind of play around with. So things like hockey is taking a hit. And especially as the prices keep going up, 
Uh, so we'll see what the commissioner has to say, but uh, interesting timing for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, the inflationary challenges are absolutely front and center right now. But as I've been saying, well, for years on this program, and as someone that gets that invoice every year for season tickets, um, the National Hockey League has really been trying to grow their HRR, the hockey-related revenue, almost solely on the backs of ticket sales and continuing right. to raise prices. And, you know, there was going to be a breaking point. And I kind of felt that that was pre-pandemic. And then everything stopped and it sort of put a pause on everything. And, you know, when you add in the aftermath of, you know, listen, it's not a huge number, but there probably still is a percentage of the population that, you know, basically just stayed at home and, you know, aren't comfortable going out into big events. I mean, you have some, you know, would have lost some season tickets that way. And then for an organization that has never really had to work very hard to do that, now they are in that point. But uh, you're exactly right. I mean, you can look around the league and it's everywhere. Um, there are seats. And, and listen, early on in the season too, and I can tell you from, you know, working on the other side, uh, uh, you know, the, the first couple months of the year, um, for, for sure. any team are often more challenging. There's less of urgency to get to a game because you know how many more there are later on in the year. Um, for teams that do do group sales, you don't have a lot of time to do that early on in the year. Many of the things you work on are built up later. So we certainly hope it'll trend in the right direction. But you can well, get a ticket look, at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. You can get a ticket anywhere right now. And you know, often on resale, it's a little bit less because people are paying such a high price and wanting to make sure they don't eat a ticket and have it go unused. And, you know, I would file this particular explanation, if you will, or excuse under the good problem to have. This is a competitive sports market right now. You've got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that are preparing to play, you know, in, and, and take a run at a third straight Grey Cup. Uh, they'll be a full house or very close to a full house uh, this Sunday. Um, just as they played to many, you know, full houses or near full houses over the season that just ended. Um, I know you just talked to Munzee. I mean, the Winnipeg Ice are a dominant uh, junior hockey team. And and yes, they play in a much smaller building, but there's a segment of the hockey market here in town that is enjoying watching the ice and their product. And the Jets farm team, the Manitoba Moose, they're competing for first place in their division. So there's a lot of choice in this market. Uh, and you're right, um, you know, this time of year, uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, even families, hockey is just getting going. If you've got kids that play, you know, minor hockey's just started up. It's a busy time of year for sure. I'll say this, Huss, the only thing the Jets can really control from an on-ice product is obviously how they play. And so far, you, you can't cite the team's performance or at least the results as a as grounds for losing interest or not going because the jets you know they're right there um as we mentioned off the top here uh, they're competing for first place in the central uh they've got a pretty competitive product they've got some exciting players hmm. and uh, i'm sure the message to the team would be uh, at least from the organization you guys keep doing what you're doing on the ice let us kind of worry about all the off ice stuff well, Mike McIntyre is with us from the Winnipeg Free Press, and that's actually a, a great segue to the piece on attendance on the weekend into the piece you had yesterday. And I'm like, we had a ton of conversations last year. I don't know how many times we talked about the just the atmosphere around the team. It was um, it was really negative. And to be yeah. honest, at times, even with all the exciting players on the team, the team as itself 
didn't come across as very likable. And there wasn't a great connection with fans. Now, I give the organization a lot of credit. Um, they've added to the social media team. They're doing far more creative and fun stuff that's showing off the players. The players seem to be really buying in and embracing it. And I think that has been very well received by fans. Um, but the other thing about it, we had so many conversations about the leadership group and what this team needed to do moving forward. And I read your piece. It's in the Freep right now. Sign of the times. Jets new culture on display in locker room. And, you know, you can tell us about this professionally printed pledge that has been developed by the players, has been signed by all the players, which is pretty unique. Yeah. The one thing that really stood out to me was a number of the things that are in that pledge are exactly the things we were talking about last year on this show that you would like to see in the Winnipeg Jets and what they need to do to move forward as a team and not a bunch of groups in a locker room that frankly, um, you know, the sum was not as great as the parts. Um, tell us about this and your conversations with the players as to the idea behind it, how it came together and how it's maybe changed the atmosphere around the Winnipeg Jets behind the scenes. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and we started seeing uh, these signs popping up uh, a couple of weeks ago in the locker room, uh, both at the Iceplex and at the downtown rink. Um, and the thing that jumps out to you is, yeah, this isn't just a you know a motto or a slogan that that is stitched onto the uh, uh, you know the the above the lockers or a sign even that as you walk into the room that's been done we've seen that with the jets you see it in pretty much every locker room you go in uh, teams usually adopt some kind of phrase or motto this is more of a mission statement and to see the signatures of every player on it i mean it's like an oath really it's, it's a contract that they've essentially signed with each other and the fascinating thing, this wasn't some marketing firm or even the team's, the team's marketing department that came up with it. This was the players themselves. Nate Schmidt said yesterday they spent days um, going over what it was going to say. And they started with 10 to 15 points and they whittled it down to kind of four main cornerstones. Um, and the wording is very interesting because you know, just like anytime you see a sign somewhere, usually there's, there's a story behind the reason that, you know, you're being warned to not do something or, or, you know, there, there's certain advice is being given. So one can read between the lines here, Haas, in some of the wording in this pledge, um, you know, where they break down into kind of three main categories, uh, purpose, integrity, open-handed communication. And I, I won't read the whole thing. Um, but, you know, just a couple really interesting highlights. Um, we'll honor our word either by keeping our word or by telling our teammates we haven't kept our word and asking for forgiveness. Uh, we communicate open and honestly. We don't hold side conversations and go directly to the source if we have concerns about a teammate. Everyone on our team carries an equal voice. We openly receive dialogue from one another as long as permission has been granted to do so. These are interesting sentences, uh, especially when we recall some of the things that were happening around the team towards the end of last year, right? Uh, there were closed door meetings. There were players very angry publicly. In some cases, you could say pointing fingers. Sometimes it was at themselves. Sometimes 
It was implied it was at teammates. Paul Stasny on numerous occasions talked about not being on the same page, not pulling in the same direction. Um, that, that was a common theme that we heard. And, you know, Brendan Dillon said yesterday, like he, he went home for his summer of training and he said he frankly kind of got tired of hearing, you know, other players and friends and whatever say to him, what the hell's going on in Winnipeg? What's wrong with your room? And so there were clearly some issues that had to be cleaned up, that had to be addressed. Um, most of the same players are back. There's been some changes. Paul Stasi is, is obviously one very prominent, loud voice who's not here anymore. But the fact that they put this in writing and they've all committed to it, uh, and it's up there for them to see literally every minute that they're in the room, uh, that's pretty telling, I think. And, you know, I think we've seen a tightness to this to this group on the ice. We've seen it off the ice. I'm with you, Huss. I agree 100%. The team has really stepped up trying to improve that connection from the fans to the players. Things like the goal songs have been, you know, a brilliant addition. It shows off some of their personality. Uh, and I think it's lightened the mood a little bit. And it's all part of the kind of hitting the reset, the refresh button, new coaching staff, new attitude. So far, so good for the Jets. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, this is absolutely necessary, but I really appreciated you kind of diving into how this came together. And I'd imagine a big part of that trip out to Banff, Mike, was, you know, getting these guys together, working through that and starting off this season, addressing things that had obviously been problematic in the past. And listen, I realized they're not going to, you know, come to a microphone and, you know, talk about what went wrong and individuals that maybe weren't on side last year, but it was very clear. We heard it every game after losses over the course of the last month of the season. And, you know, in some ways it was deafening and, you know, for a team, for a head coach and Rick bonus. And I think a big part of that, you know, with the, you know, stripping, if you want to call it that of Blake Wheeler of the captaincy was to put this out of one or two guys and make everyone right. feel a part of it. And this is another, uh, another thing that, um, you know, hopefully will continue to, create that culture and chemistry that begets winning as well as a much better connection with the fan base that was sort of lost over the last little while, um, which brings us to where they are right now. I mean, things are going well. It's all about results. I mean, people have a lot of fun when you're winning and when you lose three or four in a row, look at the Calgary flames or the St. Louis blues or the Edmonton Oilers right now, all of a sudden there's big time issues, but with where we've seen this team get to, Results-wise, I mean, I'm not sitting here telling us these have been all perfect games or anything like that, but the points all count. I think there is a real uh, optimism within the group that they're able to do some some special things, certainly as opposed to what was expected. And this tonight, Mike, against the Dallas Stars might be the best opportunity to do that. I sort of share your thoughts. I mean, I really like the first 10 minutes of the Jets game in Dallas. I thought they had yeah. a ton of opportunities. Yeah. But then there was about a 25-minute stretch of that game where Dallas completely took over, limited the Jets to almost no opportunities, scored a few goals, and you know then ran out. And I think those lessons, back to a hockey conversation, are going to be front and center in their preparation leading into tonight, as well as knowing what it's going to take to beat a top central team. And no better blueprint than the game that the Winnipeg Jets played two weeks ago against St. Louis, which... By the way, I think broke the Blues. They've lost seven in regulation starting with that game right now. But um, 
this is a great test wow. and a great opportunity for the Jets to show that they have taken steps and they can be better than they were on the road. They can build on these wins. And this is the biggest test of this homestand. And man, what a, what a result it would be if they could get two points out of Dallas and go six for six in these three games before a couple days off and then heading on the road. Look, the Jets, they they fancy themselves a playoff team. They believe in that room, certainly. Even if maybe a lot of folks outside the room when the season started didn't believe it, they believe they are a playoff team. Uh, you, you don't get playoff hockey on November the 8th, Huss. Um, that's still months away. But there will be a playoff kind of feel, I think. You know, divisional game, first place, at least at this point in the season, on the line. Two teams that have been playing really well that want to keep it going. And, yeah, it absolutely sets up to be a, a fun one. Like, look, you, you mentioned St. Louis. Uh, Pittsburgh's lost seven in a row as well. Calgary, you know, they're, they're falling apart. They've lost five in a row. Like, to me, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Calgary, those are three playoff teams. They've gone 19 games combined between the three of them without a victory. Like, things can get ugly in a hurry, and we've seen that. And I, and if you're the Jets, you've got 71 games left. The reality is, Huss, the Jets are going to lose a ton of games between now and April. They are. They're not going 71-0. and 0. I don't care how well they're playing. They're going to lose a bunch of games. Part of what this pledge and and you know what they're trying to do here is to not let a bad day, a bad period, a bad couple games turn into something a lot bigger, and not let it snowball. And to have the, I guess, infrastructure in place to kind of quickly right the wrongs when they inevitably come up. And so so far, the Jets have done a really good job of that. They've managed to pull out victories in games you could say they really had no business being in. That's that's a good sign. It's a bad sign if they keep stringing, you know, bad performances together because sooner or later that luck will run out. But we've now seen, I think, in the last, certainly the last two games here at home, and yes, against lighter opponents, we've seen way more good than bad. Now comes an excellent hockey team, and uh, an early test for the Jets to see if they can keep keep this rolling. And uh, it should be a, a fun one, about as fun as a game can get on a Tuesday night uh, in, in November. No, I'm with you on that. And again, uh, you know, certainly I think we'll see a great turnout from the Filipino community here in the city for uh, everything. Tim Stapleton in town today talking a little bit about his connection with the Jets and, of course, is a Filipino person being part of the uh, the uh, yeah. festivities tonight, some interesting food and a really great looking uh, <clears throat> stylized logo that they did for merchandise and the warm up jerseys as well. As far as on the ice, you know, we've talked about the results they got on the road, the way they played the last couple of games. The one thing that I mean, I can't talk enough about is just how locked in Connor Hellebuck is right now, Mike. I mean, you know, we've seen his brilliance over a number of years. He won a Vesna trophy. He's been the backbone and the foundation for this team. But right. it seems like he is almost on a personal mission to, if the guys aren't ready with them, to drag them forward into the playoffs. And he himself, I think, is instilling a lot of belief in that dressing room. And he's certainly instilling a lot of belief in a fan base that maybe wasn't there with their expectations at the beginning of the season. 
Yeah, and I mean, he, he said the other day, Haas, he believes this is the best he's ever played in his career and, and that there's still even more for, for him to give. And, and that's, uh, look, that's tremendous news for the Jets. That's bad news for the rest of the league. Um, now, you know, what the Jets are trying to do here is obviously build their game so that they don't need Connor Hellebuck to pull, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat um, time and time again, as he has so much in his career and as he has already a couple times this season. Um, they'd like to give him some games where he can just be okay. And even though we know that it's very rare that Connor Hellebuck is just okay, but they don't need him to be their hero. They'll take care of a lot of the heavy lifting themselves. So if the Jets can get to that type of game on a consistent basis, while still having a goaltender that will bail them out when things break down, uh, that makes them all the more dangerous of a group. Um, you know, and again, it's one of the reasons that, there's a lot of optimism right now surrounding this Jets team. And if you, if you're listing off kind of early season surprises and, you know, the Seattle's and the New Jersey's, you know, certainly they're there uh, the way Boston started the season, but I think you'd have to include the Winnipeg Jets um, and their seven, three and one record, despite, you know, arguably their most dynamic winger in, in Nikolai Ehlers missing all but, but two games so far, um, you know, that I know the power play had three goals the other night, but until the other day, power play was in the bottom third of the league. Penalty kill had been languishing kind of in the bottom tier. It's improved a lot. There's a lot of things you could say the Jets had room to get better at. Um, and yet here they are still with a, a really solid record. Um, but one thing that's been very consistent, you're right, is Connor Hellebuck. Uh, he is locked in. And uh, as I said, that's great news for the Jets. And, you know, they'll obviously want to get him in a rhythm and, and you know, find the perfect schedule for him and that sweet spot of games. Uh, they got another back-to-back -back coming up this weekend. Um, so I suspect David Reddick will probably get the Seattle game on Sunday and Hellebuck will play against the Flames on Saturday night. But uh, so far, you know, they seem to be doing a really nice job of, uh, of managing his rest and, uh, Connor Hellebuck is absolutely on his game every time he takes the net. Mike, uh, you mentioned special teams, and um, I mean the Jets' PK is, and Connor Hellebuck's the most important penalty killer. I'd argue that Adam Lowry is a pretty darn close second yes. right now. He has been a huge part of the resurgence of the PK, and it's interesting. Dallas is fifth in the league, and the Winnipeg Jets are sixth in the league in PK. Dallas third in power play. Jets more middle of the pack right now, but in particular, I. I, I will say I thought Adam Lowry had it in him for a career year, at least goal scoring wise from what we saw in the second half of last season, the way he started, I think there was a real potential knowing how much he'd be playing and how much he'd be leaned on. Um, I got to tell you that third line on Saturday afternoon with Axel Janssen Fialbi and Saku Menelainen might've looked as good as it has all year long. Thoughts on Lowry, but also that line. And, you know, if those guys continue to put up some performances, could we be considering some considerably different looks for that bottom six once Nikolai Ehlers presumably returns to the lineup and Mason Appleton shifts back down? Well, for sure. And and I'll say I also like what it 
did for the fourth on. I really like the potential of uh, Jansen Harkins, David Gustafson, Sam Gagne fourth line as well. Um, you know, I think there's there's some offense for sure that that line can bring. So you're right. I mean, the eye test, the analytics, you know, the underlying numbers for that third line were really outstanding the other day. Haas, they, uh, they matched up against Chicago's top line and really, uh, really shut them down, like did not give them a whole lot. That was one of the quieter games Patrick Kane's ever had in, in Winnipeg. Um, I think he did have that, that partial breakaway at one point in the game, but, you know, he's a guy that usually absolutely terrorizes the Jets. I thought they did a tremendous job of neutralizing him, and a big part of that was Lowry uh, and his line, and then on the penalty kill, you're right. I mean, he is he's a breakaway machine. And uh, Adam Lowry, as he did towards the end of last season, and he certainly picked up where he left off now this year, uh, he is is getting a lot more offensive looks. And, um, you know, he's not a guy they're obviously counting on for his offense. Uh, certainly not the first thing they look to. But any contribution they can get from him is uh, is certainly welcome. And especially when a guy like Nikolai Ehlers is out, you need a little more scoring by committee. And when a guy like Kyle Connors just only had the two goals um, and they're getting it. Uh, Offense has not been an issue for this team. We thought it might be. They're scoring enough to win hockey games. Um, And Adam Lowry, of course, brings a lot more to the other side of the game, which is the defensive side and trying to neutralize the other team's best. Right now, the Jets are getting a really nice blend from number 17, and, um, you know, he's he's a real weapon with his size and the physical presence and the leadership that he's now added with the letter on his sweater. Um, you know, I think Adam Lowry, and he, he'd be the first to admit this, Huss, last year was tough on him for a lot of reasons. Obviously, what happened, you know, with Paul Maurice resigning and then his own father taking over as the interim coach, we know that was extremely awkward in a lot of ways yeah. for Adam Lowry, for Dave Lowry. Still can't believe I think it. in a way there's a weight off the shoulder this year and he can kind of just be himself again. Well, and, and here's the thing. Um, I think it was almost automatic that they were going to add to the leadership group that Adam Lowry is, was the, the front of right. that. I mean, he in a lot of ways, I think, was more the conduit between the veterans and the younger players in that room last year for a long time. And then your exact point i mean the the unique situation of having his dad be the head coach i think put him in a very difficult spot when it comes to all of that um but listen the second christian veselinen was off his line after post uh, all-star break he raised his level of play his scoring turned out started to get way more chances on the pk and bury them and then you go to a guy that's leading by example that's doing all the things the coach is asking of him mike we think about Adam Lowry as a shutdown guy, but even in those couple games where the Jets were playing horrifically on the road and yet were held in by Connor Hellebuck, who was the guy that scored the big goal at the end of the first period against LA? Right. Who was the guy that came out and broke the scoreless draw at the beginning of the Vegas third period? It's Adam Lowry. And, you know, there's, um, you know, you still want to get a great connection with those two wingers. And I think that has been a work in progress, but in so many aspects of the game, I think Adam Lowry is proving his worth to the Winnipeg Jets this season, and it's making a it, it is definitely contributing to where the team is right now in the standings. There is no player, and I asked Adam Lowry about this the other day, Huss. There's no player on the Jets team that has played with more 
line mates over the last few years than Adam Lowry. Like when the blender comes out, it's Adam Lowry that usually gets impacted the most. There's been a, a parade of different left and right wingers beside him on that third line, you know, ever since basically TLC broke up, right? That's the line, not the band. Um, so, and, and that, that versatility is something that Adam Lowry, as I say, I asked him about it the other day and he said he takes real pride in being a guy that you can kind of stick with anybody and he'll get the job done. And, you know, he doesn't complain. Some guys would probably not be very happy and not having a whole lot of consistency. How am I supposed to produce when you, you know, I'm never with the same two line mates for more than a game or two yet. That's kind of Adam Lowry's life. Right. And the guy just consistently answers the bell. Um, you know, obviously the big stars get a lot of the headlines here in Winnipeg, you know, from Hellebuck to the Shifley and Connor and Ehlers and Dubois and Wheeler. Um, Adam Lowry though, is a, is the kind of guy that all really good team, you need an Adam Lowry on your roster. Uh, the Jets have him, and the fact that he's a drafted and developed talent that he's, you know, signed multiple contracts and extensions, like he's he's kind of a Jets lifer, and the the team and the organization is extremely lucky to have him. Uh, Mike, this has been a great chat. I'm really looking forward to this game, and then a few days off, and then back to back games on the weekend. Um, just before we go, got to get your take on this West Final coming up. We're going to be talking to bombing about it in just a second. Uh, how do you feel about the Bombers' chances to get past BC and uh, try and make it three in a row in about uh, twelve days in Regina? BC looked pretty good against Calgary, didn't they? And um, I get that it was in a controlled environment, uh, not the, not Mother Nature uh, at her finest. And uh, I'm looking at the forecast for Sunday here, minus five, minus six. So it's going to be a little nippy out for sure. Um, Nathan Rourke, for a guy that you know missed a whole chunk of time, I know we saw him in limited duty here a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he looked really good as well. And this is not going to be simple or easy. Um, the Bombers are in for a, a real fight for sure. Uh, but, you know, I think if there's one thing we've learned about Mike O'Shea and this core, uh, they will be prepared for anything and they rise to the occasion. Um, they don't take anyone or any situation lightly. And uh, uh, frankly, I, I, I expect, BC to give them a heck of a football game. I do expect to see the Bombers, though, standing tall when when all is said and done. Um, I think this is a team that uh, they're on a mission and they're not content with two great cups. They want at least one more, probably even more than that. But uh, they, they have to start with, uh, with trying to win a third here. And uh, I think it should be a heck of a tilt on Sunday. Um, let's hope the weather cooperates and a little cold is good. We don't want anything too crazy, though, uh, for the fans who got to go sit through that for for two and a half, three hours. But uh, should hey, be a fun dude, day we, here. Dude, and... We handled we we handled December last year against the Riders. It won't even people that are going to be ready. That... They'll have been through this before, <laughs> and hopefully, it'll be just enough to make the BC Lions uncomfortable. I know that Mike O'Shea would be more than happy if that weather, uh, if that <laughs> forecast got a yes. little gnarlier. Going forward, just on the way out, explain Piper's absence today because I know she was quite busy before you came on with us. Boy, you talked about the main event being the Jets and the Stars. We had the main event in our backyard just before I came on the air here. Haas uh, 
We had the the muddy battle royale. Of course, we got that little bit of snow the other day. Uh, it's it, the sun's come out enough today to kind of melt it. Uh, and so uh, Piper and her big brother Bodie just had a 20, 25 minute knock him down, drag him out, Donnie Brook, uh, the the true mud bowl in the backyard. And I had to spend a good 10 minutes uh, basically cleaning every every part of their paws and their tails and their bellies. They are they were just covered in mud. Uh, my wife is at work uh, right now and uh, I, I tried to make it so that she's not in for too big of a, of a surprise when she gets home today to see the the damage that's been done by these two uh, mud mud beasts. Hey, enjoy the game, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Always great having you on the program. You bet, Haas. Take care. Right on. Uh, all right, we're going to get to uh, a little bit of West Final Talk coming up with bombing. But, hey, I got to give a shout-out to Isha Boy Bruce, who just said in the chat he just copped the Winnipeg Sports Talk toque. Limited numbers available. We've got about a dozen and a half, although that's less now that Bruce has popped by Royal Sports to pick one up. You can also check us out on the website at winnipegsportstalk.com. Click on the store. All right, Princess Auto Tailgate Zone is going to be rocking early on Sunday before the game. Get out there, dress warm. They'll have hot chocolate. They'll have warming stations. Of course, $5 beers, $3.50 hot dogs. And they'll be playing the East Final between the Argos and the Alouettes on, I believe they said, North America's largest mobile screen. So, uh, listen, the atmosphere at the Princess Auto Tailgate has been so amazing all season long. Let's finish strong with the final game at IG Field this year and hopefully come back one more time for a little Grey Cup celebration in uh, a couple of weeks. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk, is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. If you have water needs for your family, home, or business, you know the experts in the water game. Family-owned, 65 years in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. It is our friends at Culligan Water. They've got it all, gang. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether your needs are for the home, a second spot like a cottage, or of course your work, Culligan is there for you. You can talk to the experts at Culligan, drop in and see them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue at HQ. Give them a phone call at 694-5180 or check out all their products and services and what they can do for you online at drinkculligan.com. Well, hey, we were just mentioning that bomber game on uh, Sunday. I have a feeling that sales of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, CC, is going to be brisk out in the north end zone and throughout the stadium. Of course, Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, I think it'll be a well-lubricated crowd. That's just, uh, that is a prediction, um, maybe a guarantee as well. And hey, if you haven't tried the new Canadian Club and Ginger Ale ready-to-drink premix cocktail, that's also available at the game uh, coming up on Sunday afternoon and throughout IG Field. Canadian Club, great sponsors of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers and your Winnipeg Sports Talk. And again, you whiskey aficionados, 
Not sure if it's all sold out, but there was just 80 bottles of the 45-year-old Canadian Club Chronicles, the fifth and final installment in the series, which debuted on Saturday. So see if you can cop one of those before they're all gone forever. And hey, great night to get out to Boston Pizza. If you're not able to make it to the game, the next best spot is always BP right now. The new fall menu has dropped. Craveable jalapeno popper dip. Had that with some wings the other day watching a football game. Unbelievable. Spicy buffalo mac and cheese as well. And the creepy carbonara pizza. And, of course, don't forget Thursday night. No Jets until the weekend. But Thursday night football will be back. And another chance for you to enter to win the second grand prize of a trip for two to Vegas to see the Raiders and Niners on New Year's Eve weekend and the Golden Knights and Blues as well. Air uh, Airfare, hotel, all included. Watch the NFL at BP. Chat on pizza flights. Get an ice cold butt for only five bucks and enter to win at your local Boston Pizza. All right, let's get bombing in here. He's doing a little double duty. I know he was down at the rink today getting ready for this Jet Stars game and, of course, very much ready for Sunday afternoon at IG Field. Bomber, what's up? How are you? Good. I'm travel weary, but uh, feeling uh, feeling good to be back home. And yeah, busy day down at the rink, right? We got uh, Gary Bettman and uh, Bill Daly expected to talk in a couple minutes. I'll have a piece up on NHL.com about Filipino Heritage Night. Talking to Tim Stapleton today. Talking to Jason Robertson. Both of them uh, of Filipino descent here in, uh, uh, you know, uh, really the Philippines uh, of not the Philippines here in, in Canada, right? Just a huge, huge population. And um, yeah, it, it's going to be a, a heck of a night. And of course, we are already looking forward to the weekend. Uh, it's awesome time to be a sports fan in Winnipeg right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. And listen, I know Bettman and Daly are here. And, you know, Gary Bettman gets maybe the most pleasant re reception here around the league, considering you know, the team came back and we all remember how he was actually cheered at the beginning. It doesn't happen very often, but let's face it. The star of the night, the special guest star is our guy, Tim Stapleton, who's one of the biggest beauties in the game. A real fan favorite while he was here. And man, he's been fun having on the show over the last couple of years. But you mentioned a little travel weary. You were out in BC. How was the weekend? And what did you make of the West final with boots on the ground there at BC Place? Well, I'll get the, the bad news out of the way first, and that was I was extremely wrong in my East and West semifinal picks. I expected Hamilton to win. I expected Calgary to win, and we got the opposite. So, you know, big kudos to Montreal and BC. They both were the better team on Sunday. My biggest takeaway, though, Hustler, was how invigorated and how, um, you know, up and intense the BC Lions fan base was in Vancouver. You saw... The Lions logos uh, throughout, you know, the, the days leading up to the game, you know, when I arrived on Friday, a couple days before the game, you know, you, you could tell that there was a football game in a big metropolitan center like uh, like Vancouver, which was great. And then on game day Sunday, like over 30,000 fans there and they were loud, they were intense, uh, and I think they were an advantage for the BC Lions going up against uh, the Calgary Stampeders. So it'll be interesting to see uh, moving from that controlled weather environment of BC Place and the Dome to the frozen tundra, if you will, of uh, IG Field. And, you know, it goes to uh, how I coin it, the madhouse on Matheson. The volume will be the biggest challenge, I believe, um, the Lions will face on Sunday. 
Yeah, I'm listen, and I'm fully with my bomber fan hat on here. Calgary scared the hell out of me. And and listen, BC does too. This is a really, really good football team, especially the way that their defense played. We were talking about with Dusty <laughs> earlier. But the Bombers have scored points on BC this year. I think they've averaged close to 35 a game. And even in a game where, you know, they didn't have Zach Caleros for uh, for one of them. Um, but BC, the way they won on the back of their defense, Darren, I think probably gives a lot of hope that they can come in and stay in this game with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Because, you know, listen, it's all great to run up and down the field like these two teams did in the Dome a few weeks back with the crazy returns and all the offense. When you get to play off football in November outdoors in the prairies, the defense often rules the day. And that might have been one of, if not the best defensive performance dropped by the Lions all season long getting into Winnipeg. And they're definitely going to need to duplicate that if they want to hang with the champs. With no question, Hustler. And, you know, obviously Nathan Rourke has dominated storylines since he came back from that surgically repaired foot. And, like, I understand that. And it's great that the BC Lions won and, and it rewarded that fan base with a playoff win at home. But the reality is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the kings of the castle. And in order to climb that hill and knock them off their back-to-back Great Cup championship perch, you got to come in to arguably the most difficult stadium in the CFL to play, beat a team that really has been exemplary for a long, long time, well before the beginning of this season, and do it in the cold. I've had people asking me all week, even for the last two, three weeks, you know, how could BC or how could Calgary beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? What's the key to success? Well, it's not an easy one, obviously, but you touched on it. You have to win the battle at the line of scrimmage. You have to out-physical the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That is difficult to do. The offensive line have always been punch you in the mouth. The defensive line have always been try to out-muscle us, try to contain us off the edge. When you got a healthy Jackson Jeffcoat complimenting Willie Jefferson, those big guys in the middle, that, that front of Winnipeg's defense was what? BC Lions receiver Keon Hatcher mentioned to me after the game when I said, you know, like what stands out to you when you think of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that front seven uh, and the way that they play. It's going to be fascinating to see if BC can continue that physical um, exertion, that physical presence that they brought against the Calgary Stampeders. And then, then on the other hand, you had the Stampeders with the number one rush attack in the CFL. And in the West semifinal, they ran the ball 10 times with their tailbacks eight to made no sense two to dietrich no no sense at all it was really strange and you asked them after the game they said well you know it had to do with uh you know the looks the bc lions were giving us what we do know is that buck pierce and the system that he runs here in winnipeg and it even goes back to the paul Police days with andrew harris toting the rock they run the ball no matter what and you have to stop them from running the ball in order to limit the things zach Kalaris and this very very talented blue bombers receiving core can do the weather nathan works foot his ability to move around the pocket all of those things are going to be factors facing bc but if you want to stop winnipeg's offense you got to do it uh, at the point of attack they are going to run the ball well, and, and you know what? I mean, this team is always so well-prepared. They've had the benefit, Darren, of, for all intents and purposes, knowing that they've been going to host this game for the better part of the last couple months, resting a couple players, taking advantage of those buys. And the other thing, as much as, I mean, I think there's a lesson to be learned from last year's West Final when 
The Blue Bombers turned the football over five times in the first half, and yet their defense ended up holding them in. And obviously, we know how that ended, that one ended up. It's hard to imagine the Bombers being in a better situation health-wise, preparation-wise, home field, weather, all of those things. But there's a reason why they play these games. And to be honest, there's still a big respect level for the BC Lions and the way they beat Calgary last week with the fact that this game opened as five-point favorites. All that being said, this is the Bombers' game to lose right now. And I think BC is going to have to have a an incredible performance offensively, defensively, and on special teams if they expect to be representing the West in Regina. Yeah, like no doubt, right? And let's be serious here. Let's take a step back and think about this. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, as a franchise, have never won 15 games in the regular season before. They did that this year. They retained all of those free agents. They're healthy, they're rested, they're prepared, and they're playing at home. But even looking... A little bit ahead i know the team won't but i can and we can if anything but a great cup championship is a result for the winnipeg blue bombers this year you could argue it's one of the biggest catastrophes or letdowns potentially in winnipeg sports history so you know i i understand the the odds makers and all that a lot goes into that it's not just straight up we think winnipeg is a five point better team than the bc lions but everything is leaning towards the winnipeg blue bombers favor and yeah nathan rourke and the way that bc played against calgary last week all of those things uh, are great and 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 true but the winnipeg blue bombers are primed and ready and if there is one thing that can get in the way between the Blue Bombers and getting business done this week and next week, potentially in Regina. It's their own mentality. And that may be the greatest strength the Blue Bombers have is to remain focused, yeah. to remain concentrated on the task at hand. So for those out there that say, well, they haven't played a meaningful game in a month. Well, they, they may be a little bit rusty. They're going out there and preparing and practicing. Like Every game is meaningful to Mike O'Shea and that team. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's the greatest strength the Blue Bombers have. So the health and, and all that, no matter who is in, who is out, Adam Big Hill, Demario Houston, some of these question marks, I don't think it's going to matter when, uh, you know, the, the the football flies between those white lines, um, you know, on, on Sunday afternoon. Dar Darren Bombing with us, uh, Bonfire Sports, and, of course, uh, covering the Winnipeg Jets for NHL.com with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Bomber, you know, we did see Nathan Rourke, noticeably limping later on in the game and he did not have that sort of mobility that i think you know when he was at the height of his powers earlier this year was a big big part of his attack he can still sling it as he did for over 300 yards but i have to ask you you know at full health with what the bombers are going to be throwing to bc on the line of scrimmage if nathan rourke is hampered mobility wise can the British Columbia Lions protect him? Can they keep him upright? Can they give him enough time to get the football to all of those talented receivers for the visitors? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, there are some injury concerns on the BC Lions offensive line. Sometimes the best protection you can give a quarterback is a balanced attack. And I think that's what worked really in the Lions' favor this past week with James Butler doing what he did. But the reality is, head coach uh, Rick Campbell said it. Nathan Rourke is not injured, but he is definitely hurting. And what I see in watching him closely and comparing it to when he was healthy prior to the foot injury in the first half of the season is that that burst, that explosion in his step is not the same as it was. 
Is he still mobile? Yes. Is he going to take off for a 50-yard touchdown? Well, he may take off. I don't know if he's going to make it 50 yards uh, against any defense right now, but the reality is his arm is as dangerous as ever. The quick release, the ability to make any throw on the football field, and the mental ability he has to progress through three, four, and even five options in his pass progression is something that very few quarterbacks under the age of 25 are able to do. Rourke does that like a veteran. So it'll be interesting to see how Winnipeg's defense works to attack Nathan Rourke. One thing is for sure, they're going to do everything they can to make him feel uncomfortable and compound on that, you know, clearly not 100% foot. Uh, what do you think about the East? Are we going to see Andrew Harris back off the shelf, dominating once again and uh, carrying his team to the Grey Cup? Or is that maybe too much to expect of Andrew, even with the incredible pedigree that he comes in? I expect the best well, from, of him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think from the outside looking in, people will say, well, that's a lot to ask for him to carry the load. But I think from the inside looking out, people in that si- inside that Argonauts locker room go, We've seen Andrew do this before. He's going to do whatever he needs to do to be prepared for playoff football. Um, the fact that it was an upper body injury, I think, works to his advantage in, in uh, you know, having a pectoral injury. Um, but the good thing for the Toronto Argonauts is they have A.J. Ouellette, who filled in quite admirably, was named a division all-star, uh, actually, in the, in the East Division this season. So if it's a one-two punch with Andrew Harris and A.J. Ouellette, I think – just uh, that chip on his shoulder, that physical uh, presence, and, and really that, um, how would you describe it? You know, that Andrew Harris 33 energy that he brings to the field, whether it's week two or week two of the postseason, uh, is a real advantage for McLeod Bethel-Thompson and that Argos offense. Playing at home, he's going to be fired up, and uh, no doubt, with Winnipeg being a powerhouse in the league again this year, there's probably nothing more that Andrew Harris wants than to meet his former team in the, in the Grey Cup in Regina when it's cold and nasty and, uh, you know, we know we're going to get a heavy dose of the run. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that make Grey Cup week that much more exciting? Um, yes. Darren, great stuff. Listen, to fill people in. I know this is the biggest game of the year. Well, and there'll be one more if the Bombers can get it done. I know you and the gang over at Bonfire are busy this week. Uh, fill people in on what you've got coming up leading in on the Bonfire channel. So look, over the next week and a half, going through the Grey Cup and even afterwards, we're going to have tons of content on Bonfire Sports. You can find all of our links on bonfiresports.ca. Wednesday night, that being tomorrow, as we always do Wednesday nights, live at 7.30 is Bonfire Midweek. Chris Walby will join me, as he always does, for pregame coverage on Bonfire Sports. We go live the day before the game. You can catch that anytime on YouTube or podcast. And then after the game, things will be a little bit different. I've got some, uh, you know, reporting duties to do for CFL.ca. There will be a post-game show just a little bit later than normal following the West Final. And then, uh, yeah, headed out to Regina. It's going to be a great week out there no matter what. Bombing. Let's do this again soon. Have a great week. We'll look forward to all the content you and the gang at Bonfire will be cranking out and uh, we'll see you Sunday and hopefully uh, be talking about a great week in Regina. That includes the back-to-back defending champions after 60 minutes of football at IG field. Have a great one, dude. No doubt. Hus. Talk soon, man. All right. There's Darren bombing. You can also follow him on Twitter at Darren bombing. Now we do want to hear from Rick bonus before the end of the program. We'll have that coming up for you in just a moment. 
And uh, Jeremy and I will also have to hit the cool bet lines before the end of the day. We do have lines now for the CFL games and a big, big night in the National Hockey League, which we'll get to as well. Uh, but hey, the weekend is coming up and uh, well, we'll get to the game in a second. But of course, I got to thank our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's always blizzard season in Manitoba. And even though we might get a few of the outdoor varieties, the ice cream variety is everybody's favorite. And of course, Nick and Nikki have been with us since day one supporting Winnipeg Sports Talk, and I know our listeners and viewers love to support them in the most delicious way possible. Pop by and see them at DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's. Try those amazing stack burgers if you haven't already. And if you do need an ice cream cake from Nick and Nikki for an upcoming party or an event, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll custom make it for you and get it ready for a quick and easy pickup at any of your local Nick and Nicky DQs. And I got to tell you, the 1919s are going to be tasting extra good before that game on Sunday afternoon. I have a feeling the parking lots will be lit early on. And of course, the Princess Auto tailgate zone as well. Wherever you're getting ready for the game, if you're thinking about a few cold beers, pick Winnipeg's finest local beer little brown jug the 1919 of course is the classic iconic brand uh, but little brown jug continues to brew great new ones including the new grolsch which is phenomenal pop down and try them for yourself at the tap room on william avenue and brewery you can try it all there pick your favorites to take home grab merchandise as well or you can order for citywide delivery online at littlebrownjug.ca Grab a 1919 at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. And you can also pick up all the little brown jug properties at the your finest beer store in and around Winnipeg, Manitoba. All right. Uh, Jer, if we can, let's do uh, let's do bones here because I did want to, you know, with such a big game tonight, wanted to hear what Rick Bonus had to say post-morning skate tonight as he faces his former team, the Dallas Stars, and his Winnipeg Jets battle for first place in the central division here is jets head coach rick bonus on tonight's tilt for first uh just you, you touched on this a little bit uh in terms of what you're expecting against the dallas stars uh, you know from now to, to three weeks ago uh, but uh with this particular hockey club they didn't give you a whole lot offensively in that first game what are some of the things you're looking to do better tonight to maybe get a few more pucks on Scott Wedgwood or whoever it is that starts? We, we didn't execute very well down there. Um, lost a lot of face-offs. We ended up chasing them way too much, so we're, we just it really didn't get any flow to our game. So I, And they're an excellent face-off team. Uh, and they, when they went lose it, they're jumping pretty quick. So uh, we, we've got to do a better job winning face-offs, controlling it, and and better puck management coming through the neutral zone and putting a lot more pressure on them than we did. We were half a step behind for most of that game, and I know I was only watching it on TV. Um, it's an easy game from up there, Razor. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, we, we've got to do a better job when we get control of the puck and manage it better. And yeah, You know, face-offs, we get the final result, but we don't get the intricacies of it, so... Uh, can you improve on your face-offs with more participation from the wingers for those so-called wigger wins? Is that what's missing? Or Yeah. Listen, your sentiment, if, if he ties up their sentiment and gets it into a 50-50 battle, then he's relying on the defense and the wingers to come in and help him. And we can, we can do a much better job of that. Our problems get when we lose it clean. 
Um, and we haven't done a good job on our penalty kill winning face-offs, and we're spending a little bit too much time in our zone because of it. But as long as you lose it clean, you're chasing the game. But when it's sitting there, and that's when the, the wingers and the defense have to be on their toes and ready to just jump in there and help the help our sentiment out a lot more. You've won the games, you know, that where you've not taken the opponent lately. You know, we kind of referenced that in the Montreal and Chicago games. Uh, how significant is it against a team like this one tonight that's above you in the standings and, uh, you know, and that it's a division game on top of that? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a divisional game. It's a four-pointer. And we're enjoying the, th- you know, the position we're in in terms of battling them for first place. And, um, but it's, it is a divisional game. So, again, that's the biggest challenge is when you're placing the division. But we want to enjoy the process. We've put ourselves in a position to fight for first place. Well, let's enjoy the fight. Let's keep pushing for it. So, yeah, they're, they're two points ahead of us. They play an extra game. we got to make that up tonight. So, you know, they want to stay in first. They've got a lot of pride in that room. Pete's done a great job with them, no question about that. But we've put ourselves in a position that we can battle them. So let's go for it. Let's enjoy it. Rick, the Stars have one of the best lines in hockey. You've seen how other teams prepare to try to contain them. What are the keys to for you to try to keep them under wraps tonight? Try to slow Rupe down with all that speed coming through the middle of the ice um, and and just spend as little time as possible in, theirs, in, in our zone because both Robertson and Pavelski are outstanding with the puck. They read off each other so well. There's tremendous chemistry with those three. Rupe is the guy that drives the thing on the rush because of his speed, and he pushes you back because of his speed. And then and Pav and the Robo just come in, and they're so smart, they're so creative, they're so offensive-minded that you know. And, and again, the biggest thing they have is chemistry. They just read off each other very, very well. But Rupe, to me, is, and I've kept telling him, <laughs> he's he's one of the top defensive players in the league. Never underestimate his ability to be his penalty killing and his defensive reliability. He should be in the running for a Selkie. At some point, he's a great two-way center, and that's what he is. But he's a powerful, powerful skater, and we've got to we've got to do our best to slow him down. One of the things your group didn't think they did well enough in that Dallas game was compete. How do you ensure that that competitive nature is there right from the puck drop tonight? Well, we talked about it yesterday, and we'll keep talking about it. So we, we've come out of the gate better, um, better prepared. We just, yeah. That, that game's long gone. We've moved on from that game. So it's now about how we're playing right now. That's all that matters. What's tonight going to be like for you? It, we're fighting for first place against a very good divisional team. That's it. Have you got a chance to see anyone from them in the last yeah, few days? Yeah, a couple of guys. What has that been like? Good. Hey, it's all good. It's all good, man. <laughs> All right, there's Bones looking forward to going up against his old team. Battle for first tonight should be a real fun night down at Canada Life Center. A big opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets to build off uh, these last two wins on home ice and finish off with a uh, with a great six points if they can get the win. And obviously, uh, I'm sure everyone would be excited if they could tie for first. But this is a big test. Be a really interesting coaching matchup. I mean, Peter DeBoer has done a phenomenal job, as he often does with new teams with the start that the Dallas Stars have had. And I know Rick Bonus watched that game, as he mentioned, on the couch. He'll be behind the bench tonight, and we'll see what sort of impact he can have with last change as well. We'll look forward to seeing how those matchups emerge at the beginning of the game. All right, before we go, 
Um, we got to get to the cool bet lines, but let's get Jay Remo in here for a minute because, uh, of course, Jeremy has joined us. He's been taking care of Michael Remus's duties while Remo uh, raises or adds to his young family. Jer, we got a big, big night in the National Hockey League. I always love doing these cool bet lines when uh, pretty much everyone in the league seems to be playing and some pretty juicy matchups tonight, but maybe none bigger than the one here in Winnipeg with the Dallas Stars, a slight favorite in Winnipeg to take on the Jets for the top of the Central Division. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, it's it's a huge factor that Rick Bonus is on the team and he's going to be on the bench for, for these guys because he knows that team. He knows when that team's going well. And even though some of their lower lineup guys are doing a lot more than they were last season, I think um, with with the home ice advantage, Bonus is going to do a really good job line matching that top line. Yeah, and they are a, they're a handful right now. I mean, Jason Robertson, uh, it was my early pick in fantasy, and he has been as uh, as advertised with 18 points. And actually really cool, by the way, just to get back to the Filipino theme tonight with our Filipino community coming out and sort of being honored or celebrated uh, that Robertson's in the game. I mean, what a stud he is. And obviously his brother, Nick Robertson, getting some work and some having some early success with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But... Rupi Hints, as Rick just mentioned, um, was a guy. And those two players sort of emerge as the stars in Dallas under Rick Bonus's watch at the same time as Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, who have traditionally been jet killers, moved down in the lineup. And, you know, there's no doubt when Peter DeBoer or last year when Rick Bonus needed something to happen, it was Robertson, it was Hints, and it was the ageless Joe Pavelski who uh, have already hit the ground running this season as uh, one of the top lines in the league. Yeah, and, and Ben's doing a lot more than he did last year for sure. But still, if you look at the uh, point totals on that team, it's that top line that has the lion's share of it. Yeah, well, I think Ben had pretty much half of his production in that game the other day where he had the hat trick. Uh, but let's look. We got a huge slate tonight. I think like 11 games. Arizona Buffalo, our guy, Eric Comrie, going back at it tonight. <laughs> Jeremy and I have been talking off air about how we're sort of pulling for the Buffalo Sabres. And, hey, they've been uh, nice to bet on this year as well. Not getting a good line tonight, though. I mean, you got to lay minus 250 for them to beat the Coyotes. Although, even money on a two-goal win might be an option. That might be added to the card for tonight. Habs and Wings, Detroit minus 167. Andrew Kopp struggling early on in the Motor City. Uh, we'll maybe have to talk about that at some point later on, but uh, I know a lot of fans in Winnipeg uh, really hoping he can sort of spread his wings there with his new club, the Detroit Red Wings, excuse the pun, Habs plus 140 on the road. And then there is the Calgary Flames, who's telling Jer that they're on my personal suspended list. They have screwed me twice in the last week and a half, blowing multiple goal leads in the third period. They did it again last night, losing at OT to the New York Islanders, and now they're back-to-back going into New Jersey. And, Jared, the Devils this year have been one of the one of the most interesting surprises. And if you recall, it didn't start very well. Three games in, they were like, is Lindy, Lindy Ruff going to get fired? Not the case anymore. They pulled one a fast one on the Oilers last week, and now they'll try and do it to the other Alberta team tonight, who I'm not going to say quite in free fall like the St. Louis Blues, but 0-3-2 in their last five, not playing very well for Daryl Sutter. And it was the Devils that did one of those daggers to them already. And who would have predicted that on November 8th, the Devils would be favored on the bet lines? Like, No, no doubt crazy. about it. 
Devils minus 137, Flames plus 117. Islanders, Rangers going head-to-head at MSG. Rangers minus 182, Islanders plus 153. Oh, your way, Canucks and Senators. I think there'll be some goals scored tonight in this one. Vancouver plus 105, the Sens minus 123 as the home favorite. Well, can the Blues finally get a win? They've lost seven in a row in regulation. Lost last night to Boston, playing on the second end of back-to-backs. They're a slight favorite of minus 120 in Philly to take on the Flyers. Vegas is in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Leafs minus 112, Vegas minus 104. Very, very close line there. And the Oilers, who we talked about earlier with Dusty, gave up four power play goals last night on only five shots. They're right back at it tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning minus 164 favorites. Oilers plus 140. Predators cracking. Kraken's had a great start. They're a slight favorite, minus 118. Predators plus 101. Kings and Wild. The LA Kings are your favorite. Again, slight one, minus 114. And the Wild, minus 103. But let's get to this Jets game. Jets, a home dog, plus 105 on the money line. The Dallas Stars, minus 123. The over-under in this game is six. Um, I'd tell you that would be an automatic under if Ottinger was playing as well because we know how well Connor Hellebuck's been playing as of late. Uh, but six is the number right now. As far as player goals, I'm going to probably stay on Kyle Connor because he just seems like he is ready to have a massive, massive game. He has had some great games against Dallas in the past. Kyle Connor plus 138 to score. Jason Robertson plus 171. Shifley plus 175. Rupi Hints and Pierre-Luc Dubois plus 195 and Joe Pavelski at plus 210. Tyler Sagan, who often scores against the Jets at plus 235. All of the markets, player points, goals, assists, shots, if you'd like. Let's see what these shot totals are for the Jets tonight. Who do we have? We've got Kyle Connor shots on goal over three and a half plus 100. I think I'm going to jump on that one for sure. He is He's shooting the puck a lot, and that's good because sooner or later they're going to start going in. Pierre-Luc Dubois, two and a half, and Mark Shifley over two and a half as well at even money. Folks, if you haven't played at CoolBet before and you get on there, use the promo code WST on your first deposit. Hook you up with a 100% bonus up to $200 the first time you deposit and play over at CoolBet Canada. So, uh, great night. There is a couple exclusives. All the Canadian teams in action. So, they've got the old Canada Grand Salami. Someone roars, Canada scores. All Canadian NHL teams to combine for 25 or more goals tonight. That is plus 105. And I don't mind this lamplighter. Cole Caulfield, Brady Kachuk, and Austin Matthews all to score. That one's coming in at 14 to 1. Uh, you can always check those cool bet exclusives. Dustin Nielsen and I often contribute to those. And We'll be doing one for the CFL playoffs that you'll be able to find there. And, of course, all of our lock shop parlays and exclusives usually go in heading into the weekend, Friday and or Saturday. Uh, Man, great show today. Thanks to everyone for being with us. All the guests, Dustin Nielsen, Brian Munns, Mike McIntyre, Darren Bombing, and, of course, Jeremy Bider for uh, hanging out for the next few days while Remus takes a little bit of time off. Good luck to the ice tonight. We'll be talking about that game tomorrow as well, getting ready for the second end of back-to-backs between the 15-1 and ice and the 15-0 and uh, Red Deer Rebels. Something's got to give tonight. We'll let you know about that tomorrow. 
as well as a full breakdown of tonight's battle for first between the Jets and the Dallas Stars. And of course, more on Bomberland preparations for the BC Lions in the West Final coming up tomorrow. We will have Murata Tesh join us. We'll also have Scott Billick. Steve Simmons is going to pop by. We'll get his thoughts on the Argos and a new book that he's reading and a little bit more from both the Bombers and the Jets rooms. That's going to do it for us, everyone. Thanks so much for listening or viewing. Have a great night tonight. If you're at the game up in the 300s, pop by and say hi, and we will definitely see you tomorrow, 1 p.m., breaking it all down for you here on the home of Winnipeg Sports, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 